we have the famous Leo Brancato back in. You have a new movie out, Made in Mexico. Yeah. Thank you for coming back in again. Appreciate it. Thank man. you for having me, bro. I always have a great time when we're, you know when I'm here with you guys. Thank you. So how did the movie Made in Mexico come about? Mario Lopez, he directed it or produced it? Yeah, he was a producer on that. <clears throat> um, it was late 2018 when my documentary, Wasted Talent, was going to come out. I went out to L.A. to do some press. I was on Extra, Extra. <clears throat> and Mario Lopez was, you know, he was work. He was on, I think he's now on Access Hollywood, but back then he was on Extra. I can't get him out of my head from any hotel room. He's in any hotel you go to, he's on. Right, because the one of the other producers on this film uh, owns that channel, Wiser. Like uh, the hotel channel? Yes, thing? he did. Yeah. And that's why the film came out there first. Because it wouldn't make sense because let them make their money on that because... He's already known. Right. Well, not even that, but let him, you know, that's his channel. So, you know, let him, not not Mario Lopez, another producer's last name is Wiser. He's the showrunner of Extra. He figured, let me make my money on this if I can, and then we'll we'll get, the, you know, we'll stream it on the, you know, uh, various platforms. But... Mario wasn't there to interview me for my documentary, um, Tanika Ray was, because it was Christmas time. And my mom, you know, likes Mario Lopez and the whole show. So she knew before me, you know, I said, oh, yeah, ma. I said, uh, you know, I'm going out to L.A. I'm going to promote my uh, documentary, Wasted Talent, and uh, I'm going to be on Extra. Mario, not Mario. She goes, nah, he's going to be in New York lighting up the Christmas tree. So my mom knew he wasn't there. But, uh... So yeah, I went out there and uh, there's a guy, Rodney Rinks, we call him Tootie. He's Mario Lopez's hair and makeup guy. And uh, very good guy, sweetheart. And we, I knew him from back in the day. We didn't really, really know each other, but we did. We knew mutual people. It's one kid, Matt, that we knew. Because they're from San Diego, those guys. Matt, uh, Tootie, Mario. They're from, from, from Chula Vista. <clears throat> so... I, you know, we, he did my, you know, my, uh, well, I didn't have hair, but he did my makeup and he, we started talking and he mentioned that, uh, he had this script that he wrote. It was called Made in Mexico. And he mentioned that, you know, it would be a cool character for you to play because it's not something that you ordinarily do. And yeah, you know, I, I mean, I want to be known as an actor, not a character actor. I don't, I mean, listen, it's not that I don't appreciate the work. I love to work and... But it's just like, I've even as a kid, and maybe this is why I gravitated to drugs and alcohol, I used to get bored with things really easily. And even as an actor, like, it's like, I mean, don't get me wrong, I love the Italian heritage, the culture, I was adopted by Italians, the beautiful people and everything about them. Just talking about them is making me hungry. because the. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, as an artist, as an actor... You don't want to be stuck in the same role. And we talked about that last time. Yeah, you, you don't know, want to just be the Bronx tail guy. Yeah, and, you know, like playing, a, you know, a New York Italian, you know, a wise, you know, it's like you show up on these sets and it's like the same wardrobe you wore in the last one <laughs> because it's the same type of character. And it's like, you know, and... Uh, I who, mean, sometimes, who would you, you say know, that, out of all the actors you could think of, who would you say that was looked at as like gangster movie, New York thing, but was able to make that switch. Like really, really a nice switch turn off. Can you think of one, Rob? Like gangster to the... Yeah, like, like De Niro, Pacino. Yeah, those I, guys I, are the, the ultimate. Those, those two, they Because did. they started their career playing those type of characters and then they went on to be Hollywood household names like movie stars. Yeah, I'm just Not trying just... to think of somebody else besides those two big names that 
that made that big cross because De Niro really did because he he was he's doing family movies now. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, of course. No, De Niro's taking it to another level. Um, you know, he's taking it to the. I got to be honest with you. I like him. Like, like he's awesome in those gangster movies, but all this other new stuff that he's been like, I liked him in The Joker. I liked him as that sleazy talk show host. That was a strong performance. I liked. What was the movie with him when he was he was like the dad? Oh, I know. It, Silver Linings Playbook. I thought it was good. Awesome. Yeah. I thought it was really. He got good. nominated Bradley for. Cooper, yeah. yeah, that was. He was got the mental illness. That movie was awesome. That was no. He got nominated for uh, for uh, an Academy Award for that. As he should. That, that know, was directed actor, by. That that, was, that's that, a hell. Of a David switch. O. Russell directed that, and he was compared. He's like they they mentioned him being as being the, like the, a modern day Scorsese. He's awesome. There was one reaction, uh, and I always. Do you remember in the beginning, the mother takes him out of that place he was staying with Chris Tucker in the car, and De Niro's Paul Herman, rest in peace. I don't want to saw Chris Tucker. I'm like, where, where the fuck he is Chris Tucker? He was good, too. Man? Yeah, no, no, but he, was, he fit yeah, that. he's coming back. But Paul Herman, you know, De Niro's friend in the movie, he just died. He was in Goodfellas, and he was, yeah. just died. He was loved by so many people after he died. I didn't know how I, mean, I loved this guy was, but nobody had nothing, not, never a bad word to say about this guy. I always liked him and everything he did. So, you know, De Niro was like about the bad juju. He's very superstitious. He was a diehard Eagles fan. And they were getting ready to watch the game. And then the mom walks in mm -hmm. and she's with Bradley Cooper. And De Niro's like, he goes, he goes, what? What's this? He goes, what? What's this? His reaction was so perfect. Because like knowing as an actor, I know they wanted to get that reaction. They may have just did just that piece just for the reaction, okay? And when he did it, right? Because, like, you got to understand, like, when I was younger and less experienced as an actor, it's like you're just not as good because you just, you, you, you know what I mean? You learn as you go. But the way he turned around, he looked and he absorbed what he saw in order for his brain to react in the way that he did. But he took that real, authentic, perfect amount of time to where it registered and for him to react where it was so real. Now, on his level and, and his experience, how many, like, say, like a shot like that, they want that exact reaction, right? How many times do you think a guy like him has to do that? Just a wild guess. What would you say when, when a guy like him does a take, how many times do they, they make him do it over and over and over? You know what? On average. I don't think they would make him do it over and over because of performance reasons. I think they would make him do it over and over to give a different take on it every time. Okay, Bob, now try it this way. Try it less aggressive. Try it as... And then, they, and then they go through it and then they pick whichever and then one they is say, the And then they cut the scene together and based on... Because you don't know. Like That's a whole different animal. You have the footage and then you edit it. With that footage, with that footage you can make four different films. You could t you could make four or five different films. This is why editing is so important. It's like this, you know, this is this reaction or this take is not wrong or neither is this one or neither is this one. It's a matter of preference. As the director, which take do you choose that you think is going to be most effective in telling this story? Or not even that, not even that. Which one is going to make the character? more the character this this character was written a certain way okay who which which take is going to bring out the most of what the director's looking for right for this character in this film this piece right this piece is going to thrive on subtlety 
So, you know, now I don't want this to be big because the whole film is subtle. Even the reveal at the end is subtle. So to keep with that, with that tone, you know what I mean? It's like, as an actor, like, you got to realize that you're not always, first of all, you're not yourself. You're not playing you, okay? So if you would look back when you feel like, you know, you're just sitting there, say you're waiting that line at the bank, and, you know, and maybe you just want to just give a quick look back. But you got to ask yourself, would that character do that? Where you get one character where he's maybe a little more unsure of himself or maybe something traumatic happened where someone did creep up or from behind or whatever. Something happened in his life where this particular character would look back. But then you get another guy. He doesn't fear anything or whatever. He hasn't had an experience which would prompt him to do that. So, you so whenever think, you work on a big movie, whether it's Scorsese or whoever, right? On average... How many takes do they take? Like everyone, okay, Lilo, you're in today. You're going to do this, 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 and this. On average, when working with the high-end directors, producers, so on and so forth, how many takes per scene do they usually do? Okay, everybody's different, okay? Um, I worked with Woody Allen, okay? I worked with him on a film called Wonder Wheel. Justin Timberlake, Kate Winslet. I had a cameo. I had a hairpiece on and everything. How was Timberlake in person? Oh, sweetheart. Cool dude? Yeah, Kate Winslet. That was so nice. Uh, it's professional. That was in his prime, too. So, yeah, such pros, such nice people. And But, like, the traditional way to shoot a scene would be you would get a, you would get a, a wide lens and, you know, say it's us three. This is the scene. You there, you know, me here, this is it, okay? So the traditional way to shoot this, first what we would do is we would light it for a wide shot. That's called the master Okay, so the camera would probably be straight here because if you go there, you're going to miss your face. If we go here, you got your profile, you got my profile and you got him head on. Right. So now we got the wide shot. Okay, the wide shot's done. What do they do with the lighting? Well, the lighting's like now that it's the wide shot. Okay, they want, you know, that's why they got the light meter also. They want to see how much light exposure. So then when they light it for a different angle it has to have the same amount of light because when you when you cut it together it's going to look like what the hell I never even thought about that they they have a, a back, light meter back lights and top lights yeah yeah no, and, this, and they actually have a meter and, yeah yeah, yeah, wow. yeah we're, we're at a 2.8 and 6 okay, I mean it I, makes total sense yeah. But, yeah okay I need you to raise the flag a little bit a lot of these people that did cinematography what were we going to say it's like the color temperature in here different color temperatures there's so much that goes there's through. so much man it's like well beyond even me I mean I, I'm, I'm knowing I'm doing pretty well but there's guys that are just oof yeah, there's an art to it. There's it a is. science. It is. It's a real science, you know? So now you do the wide, okay? So now, say we would, uh, so now it's his close-up. But it doesn't, you know, now based on the director, what size do we want? Maybe you could put the camera here. Maybe we'll get him from here up. We'll be off camera. And when we're off camera, we may not be sitting where we're sitting. Because now the camera's so tight on him, it's right here. That any little look, any it's so much bigger because it's right it's here. An art. So if we're sitting where we were sitting when he's got the close-up, it'll look like he's looking like this. But meanwhile, he's looking in the same spot. But because of the camera angle now and the size and of the shot and the frame, we have to be off camera. So we're literally, we could literally be like right here. This is the camera. We could both, your face will be here and mine will be here. So his eye line is right there. Yeah. So it matches. Okay, so now it would be maybe... Maybe they'd want to get a two shot of me and you. So they'd put the camera here. We get profile, profile, and then boom, boom. So now I got your close up. I got mine. We may, you know, we'll get your close up. Maybe we'll change the lens because the camera's already here. We got you from here up. Maybe, you know what? Change the lens. Going a little tighter. We'll get one or two of you. 
with the you know, now real close if we need it. There may be something that you say or something that was so perfect, we want it in the close-up. This podcast is brought to you by Monster Energy. Tear into a can of the meanest energy drink on the planet, Monster Energy. It's the ideal combo of the right ingredients in the right proportion to deliver a big bad buzz that only Monster can. Monster packs a powerful punch, has a smooth, easy drinking flavor. Athletes, musicians, co-eds, road warriors, metalheads, geeks, hipsters, and bikers dig it. You will too. Monster Energy is more than just the green OG. Monster has Monster Ultra, Juice Monster, Monster Hydro, Rehab Monster, Dragon Tea, Monster Max, Muscle Monster, and many more. Buy on Amazon, buy on Walmart, or go to MonsterEnergy.com and believe me, you'll find a place. Unleash the Beast, Monster Energy. This episode is sponsored by Let's Get Checked. Are you the man your father was? Recent studies have shown that men's testosterone levels are dropping substantially since the 1980s at about an average of 1% per year. Low testosterone can have all type of health effects. It can affect your muscle mass, memory, mood, sex drive, you name it. And yes, low testosterone is more common the older you get, but can affect men at any age. So let's talk about today's sponsor, Let's Get Checked. They're a worldwide leader in at-home testing kits, and their male hormone test lets you easily test your testosterone levels at home. You can order a testing kit that will be delivered to you in a discreet packaging with next-day delivery. Once your sample arrives in the laboratory, confidential results will be available to you in your secure online account within two to five days. These results are reviewed by a clinician and a member of Let's Get Check nursing team may call you to review your results. Let's Get Check laboratories are CLIA approved and CAP accredited which is the highest ranking levels of accreditation. So if you want to test your hormone levels without having to leave your home, visit trylgc.com backslash MSCS. Special offer for MSCS media viewers. Use promo code MSCS at checkout and get 30% off your test. The link is in the description below at the top. This episode is brought to you by Aurora. Do you know what the fastest growing crime in America is? For years, this crime rate has been surging and affecting millions of Americans. I'm talking about identity theft, and there's a new victim every 14 seconds. That's why I'm excited to partner with Aurora, who is sponsoring this video. Aurora is identity theft protection, fraud monitoring, a VPN, password management, and antivirus software all combined into one easy-to-use app. Aurora monitors the dark web for your emails, passwords, and social security numbers and sends alerts fast, right to your phone and email. Don't put your family at risk. Try Aurora for free for two weeks and see if your personal identifiable information has leaked to the dark web. Start your free trial at https colon backslash backslash A-U-R-A dot com backslash M-S-C-S. Link is in the description below. The close up. Then how in the hell can a movie be made in three months with all that? I mean, that's got to no, be... No, 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 no. Uh, three months... That's very ambitious. You know, I think three months like would take just to shoot the film. Principal photography. But then editing. you go into editing, you know, color. So when they say ADR, three months, it's just three months of takes. Shooting. And then and then the editor has that, to deal with it for the next year. <laughs> no, not year. Well. Not year. I would say a few months. And then once the you know the editing is the first thing. Okay. That's that's that makes or break the film. I've seen it with my own eyes with Sleepyhead. We had an editor that had edited that first scene in the liquor store. Cinematic. Blew us away. Whoa, look at this. We couldn't even believe. Because usually the person talking is who the editor chooses 
to cover. But in this, it was more the reaction. And it was perfect because I'm in hell. So it's like you want to see what he's... Because he's new here. So I think it's more interesting to show how he's reacting to all this mayhem and this craziness. It's just more artistic. But then we had another editor who edited that same scene. Crap. And I'm not afraid to say it. I hope he watches this. It's crap. He's, you know, it's just... It's like it took away so much from the performances and everything. So does every director have multiple editors? Uh, no, I think they got, like, Scorsese uses Thelma Schoonmaker. She does... Period. That, Period. You Just watch. her. That's who he uses. <clears throat> and, you know, and then you cut the film together, and now it's cut to exactly the way you want. You lock it. And then, based on the way it's cut, now we watch it and say, you're off camera for one line, but you had the line we can't really hear. You got to do that line over in a studio. <clears throat> and that's called ADR automated dialogue replacement or additional dialogue recording. So you would literally be in a in a sound, you'd have a mic like this, uh, you know. Like stadium. a sound booth. Yes, yeah, exactly. And they're in the other side in thick glass and they talk to you by pressing the button and then do you hear them? So basically, you're looking at a big screen, okay, they show you, okay, Lilo, in this one here, uh, you know, we love the performance, but it, it, we couldn't understand the last line. So let's just show, all right, show, now they show you, you watch it. Now, can you hear it in, do you have like headphones oh, yeah, on? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, and then they show you the line you want to do over there, and you're like, you know what, can I see that one more time? And then you see it again because you want to see the rhythm in which you spoke, and then you say, okay, let's try one. So you would be, the, you hear beeps in your ear. You would be the fourth beep. So you're watching it, and it's beep, beep, beep. What do you want me to do? Run away? Make people think I got no heart? And then they... And Interesting. Then, and, then they, and then it's like, dude. But also, when you cut the film together, you could start adding little things. It's not automated dialogue. You're not also only automatedly di uh, replacing the dialogue, ADR, also additional dialogue recording. So say now you're off camera where you didn't have a line, but maybe they can say, you know what? Say this. Because then it'll make more sense and then it'll explain yeah. what happens later. So now you start putting these little touches and now like, wow, this story is so much more cohesive before we had a little holes. Right. It went from maybe like like monotone to, I'm just using that as an expression, like monotone to monotone to boop. Yeah. And then, you know, back to the story, or, boop, or, or something like that. Or a little confusing to where the audience says, well, well, if that's the kid, well, then why did that guy do that or this or that? You know what I'm saying? Um, so, but they do that for that reason. You know what I mean? And then you could you could just make the story so much better. So then you would do that, and then you have what's called foley sound, gunshots, oh, gunshots. Yeah. That's all fake shit, right? Yeah, yeah. But that, I watched this documentary. But sound right? is so good, man. You hear the Let me ask you. This. You hear the floor? Every it's like I watched this whole documentary on sound. Is it true? I think I know it was in the eighties, but like say nineties, two thousands, where when somebody's walking up steps, there's actually a guy that yeah. that does it. Like he's actually got like with, like with sh like Gucci shoes on that make the sounds. Yeah, how else are you gonna get these sounds? Man, that's got to be hard to do. Though. The, the you got to time that. The best way to mimic it is do it, do it. You know, just just duplicate it, put it, and you know. Sound. So that so hold on, hold on. 
So that is true. So when when you hear somebody walking, that's not them. That's not like a mic close. That's somebody else that's making that sound effect. When the rain's hitting the ground, that's somebody that's else. That's usually, yeah, usually that's sound effects. Because I watched this whole two-hour thing, and it was the guy that was doing it. I forget what it was for, but he was, at the time, he was the most popular. And he would show how he did it. He would take, like, woman's heels. Yeah. And literally, just like a piece of wood, if she was on wood. And then, like, when they put the, uh, even clothing, to get that sound of, like, the shirt going on. Yeah. And they would rub it on, the on like, grass. Yeah. You know, they really do do that, even yeah. now. That's interesting. I think about like like I I'd like to describe it as it's it's an artwork, right? It's an art form, a movie, right? Every little thing, the camera, like he's talking about, the actor, the voice, all that stuff. The sound effects can make or break a movie too. Like even like the little like you hear like, let's say we're in here and there's a bathroom in the back and you're like the drip, drip. Especially drip. in his films coming up because those. yours are because like the clips that he sent me. Yeah, there's a lot of buildup in yours. So like that little bump in the gas station, like in Sleepyhead, like the walking, the guy just hit the cash register. You can hear the cash. Yeah, register. yeah, you can hear that. Really? You can hear the chime on the bell. You know all that stuff. It, it sets the scene for what about to happen because right, Rob, when we were watching it, and if you want to watch this and you're listening to this for watching this, it's the last uh, one with Lilo. We played the clip, and you're walking. You hear the cash thing, the sound. You know something's about to happen, but you don't know what. And, that, and, that, and let me tell you something. That's that sound. That was very rough. That wasn't even like, you know what I mean? That was just, we shot that that night. And, you know, it's it's pretty rough. It, it'll get better than that. You know what I mean? But like sound, and, and then in addition to the sound, the music. Mm. I mean, I'll give you a perfect example. Think about Rocky, right? Just think about him running yeah. down the street. Mm-hmm. If he was running down the street without music, it's just this. But then it's... Dun, 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 and literally, what, 30 years later, we're all saying... Yeah, that. you literally <laughs> want to pull You literally want to pull the chair out of the ground when you're in a Rocky yeah. movie, right? And a lot of times it's because of the music. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, you, you, you color it. You know, you, 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 color co- you, know, you color code it. You know what I mean? Like, the coloring, when you color the film, it gives it a whole, it gives it a whole feeling. I just know just from being away, prison... I remember we had a nor'easter, a storm. We were downstairs on in 2C, that was the cell block, and had these dreary colors, black uh, bars, like this real gray paint. It was, like, it was like fucking hell, you know what I mean? You're sitting in this cage, you got three cells within the cage, and then the colors, and it's just like... And then we had the nor'easter, it was fucking leaking water. Mm-hmm. So they told everybody, pack up, we're moving upstairs. We moved upstairs to 3D. This is Micros? Yeah. 3D, like, yo, the bars were lighter colors, the walls were white, everything was like, and I gotta tell you, man, you just felt so much more at ease. So, like, I know for a fact, just based on that, where I had nothing really to get my mind off things and all these these things that I was sensing and feeling. How important these be- little things are. Yeah, but how they became so much more noticeable in a situation like that where you don't have many other things to keep your mind, you're thinking about, you know what I mean? It really taught me and told me like wow this is very important stuff color like don't underestimate the color of the film is the way you color it and the colors you use can help to tell the story if you use the wrong colors you may get the story yeah like it made 85 percent you know effective but you use the right colors now it's up to 100 now you told the perfect movie now, now you, you made the perfect movie. You got the right colors, the music. It's You got everything lined yeah. up. Now, how do they do it like Scorsese? Right. It seems like all his movies, even like Wolf of Wall Street, DiCaprio is talking throughout. It's just like Goodfellas. You know, you have the narrator, and it yeah. makes the movie so much better. 
Now, like when DiCap- DiCaprio shoots. Not every movie, movie, but those movies. A, a lot of movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scorsese does. There's somebody talking. Yeah, yeah. Even, even uh, Black Mass. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Scorsese No, no, that wasn't that one. No, that wasn't So when they do that, when DiCaprio's done, does he do the. What does he do? Like he has the read, and then he's just reading into a microphone watching himself? No. Like, how does that work? How does the voiceover. Like, we'll use Goodfellas for an example. Yeah, well, I did know. it in Bronx still. So. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you did. Yeah, uh, you know. You just you go in the studio after the movie's yeah. completely done. You don't do a clip by no, clip. No, or anything no, no, like that. no. You go in the studio and you just do it. And then we walked there, and I looked at him and I said, "Hey, what are you doing?" And he looks at me and he says, "You know what I'm doing? Why even ask?" So I didn't really give a shit. So we just kept walking, and there we were, cops in front of us. And yep, sure enough, we got arrested. Now, do I blame Joey? I don't know if I blame him. I think he's a fucking asshole, though. You know what I mean? Well, you you still remember that yeah. word by word. No, no, that was something I just made up in my head. That well, was... I thought that's what you no, said. No, no, no. The Bronx. I watched it a hundred times. Yeah, I, mean, I thought yeah, it but, was. But, but, yeah, you you record it all, and then because you know what? Originally, they may have wanted it somewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. But now, when they cut the film together, they may say, you know what? It doesn't work that well where we thought we'd originally put it. It works better. You know, later on, you know what I mean? Because there's scenes where you could have shot that you wanted to put in the beginning of the movie, but then realize, huh, you know what? I could tell, put this scene at the end, it's better because it, it, it serves more of a purpose because it tells that part. You, sometimes you get close-ups from some other scene that we put in and just insert, you know, it's like so much you can do. Is it safe to say too, like with, with an actor, like let's say yourself, um, if you don't, you were talking about the dialect and how you're saying the lines and doing things like that, like some lines... Let's think like a Rocky, you know, um, you can't win, you know, and that emotion there and how that, like the famous line, you know, from Bronx Tale to some of the lines from there. If you have the wrong act, not even the wrong actor, but he doesn't accentuate that word, that famous line could never be that famous line. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Of course. It might ever, not ever be that famous line, but the way they said it. That powerful thing lives on forever. Everyone remembers that. Wasted line. town from Bronxtown. Everybody said wasted could, town. You could use the same Even word. Even my dad said it to me. You yeah. could say you could use the same word twenty different ways. There was a guy from Rikers Island, right? He was in the next cell block. He only used the only word he would say was word. Like, yo, you see word. Word. <laughs> word. So like when you pass word. it, did you just go word? Word. But, but yeah, <laughs> But he, he could have a conversation by using that one word and saying it 15 different ways. You know what I mean? So you're absolutely right. But I'm sure they have that person who's saying that catch line or that catchphrase a million times just to get just that Just to one. get it. Yeah, like when I asked the girl, do you know how to make sauce? We did that a million times. I, I just would think, you know, a two and a half hour movie or three hour movie like Wolf of Wall Street. That has to take forever to to be the narrator throughout that movie. Like, how long do you think that took DiCaprio to, oh, to th- narrate no, it, that whole thing? I mean, you know, it's not that bad. Maybe like I mean, because you're in the studio, you I, mean, I could see him done do that whole thing in about a week. Wow, wouldn't well, you think well, longer? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Well, Leo, you guys, you guys, I'm saying, yeah, I'm saying, Leo's a pro. Well, I mean, that guy's as good are. as it gets. <laughs> yeah. What was like? I can't see him really messing up. Uh, I could see him, you know, everything coming out of his mouth being good. <laughs> Can and, he mess up? And usable, <laughs> you, know? you know? What was like the, I know this is going back, right? Thinking in your head, but what was like that toughest line maybe from the Bronx Tale or the one that you had to keep doing until they're like, that's it. We got it. Yeah. What do was you, it? Was do, there, do you know how to make sauce? That was the one? Yeah. 
De Niro wanted something special. He said, I want you to em- emphasize the you and the sauce. Do you know how to make sauce? Like real sweet, like, do you know how to make sauce? You know what I mean? It's not, do you know how to make sauce? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The dialect there can, yeah. Do you know how to, like, do you know how to make sauce? Hey, Jane, do you know how to make sauce? Instead, hey, Jane, do you know how to make sauce? It's like. See, yeah, see it, yeah. And, uh, but, you know, that was, that's basically saying, like, you know, regardless of the fact that we're from different neighborhoods, I really like this girl, and I may even think about marrying her one day. And that's why I want to know. You know how to make? Do you know how to make sauce? Because that's what I like. So if you know how to make it, we may be in business. You know what I mean? So that's that's what that was. That that's what the intention of that line is. So it had to be really sweet. The character was sixteen, and you know, I mean, sixteen-year-old on a date with a girl that he likes. I don't think there's any sixteen-year-old on the planet that's not unsure of himself or herself on a date where they like the person. It, it's just it, human The movie nature. was just so real. Yeah. It's just so fucking real. There's so many parts yeah. in there too. Like yeah, when we he, could do a whole podcast yeah, just like, on the parts because it's so real, but, you know. When he grabbed, remember when he grabbed the hold of him, he's like, you took my car? And, he, you know, there was a, and you're like, Sonny, I didn't do, and just your emotion yeah, even there, you dude, felt it, you're yeah. like, Oh, dude. I felt it with like, you. Yeah. I felt it with you. I felt like I yeah. felt it with you. I was like, man, I, he didn't take the fucking car. He didn't yeah. do it. Didn't I got the it. shit slapped yeah. out of me, though, for it. Did he actually connect on you? Oh, yeah. He fucking, were you kidding me? Yeah. He had a ring on that night. And when he went like that, boom, the <laughs> fucking ring dragged and he put a line in my so face. So real slap. Yeah, I was getting the shit slapped out of me. But I wouldn't have it any other way. Now, in. Because in... when you get slapped like that, you don't got to act. You're really fighting. You're bang, no, I didn't do it. Is that common that they're actually connecting or not? I think more so back in the day, but I, the union... Now with all the bullshit? Yeah, the union tightened up a little bit on that. But, you know, I mean, listen, you want to be safe. You'd rather be safe than sorry. You get beat, you guys getting, like, injured on the set. Yeah. But me personally... A little slap ain't nothing. I it have, makes the movie more real. I have, I'm not saying take a closed fist. You know. I have no problem getting assaulted on film because it just makes the performance more real. More real. But it's not even it makes it more real. It makes it easier for the actor to act that. If you're really getting hit, you're not going to act that you're getting hit because you are getting hit. So you're reacting as if you're getting hit because you are getting hit. And, uh, now, when you did uh, Made in Mexico, what what was one part that just sticks out in your head that was tough? It was just a tough line or tough, uh, you know, just a tough scene that you had to do. Because, you know, you're going from, you know, all these other movies you're working because that's another thing you know you're working on sleepyhead you're working on man on fire then you're you know you're doing made in mexico and you're doing a lot of stuff at one time well and a lot of different characters i mean they're completely different in each one especially from your past think about something that made in mexico that was just maybe it was just a one-liner that was tough or you didn't have any struggles with this one at all i don't i wouldn't say that i struggled with this you know one line in particular but you know what it is? What I struggled with was sometimes the accent. Because what happens is when you're on set late hours and it's like, you know, you're working 12-hour days and you're in the ninth hour and you're so tired. Yeah. It's like you're barely awake. So sometimes, you know, you got to remember, you're, you're, you know, the character. You have to continue to, to talk like that character, whether you're tired or not. And sometimes when you're, when you're tired, you lose focus. You got to be alert and ready to focus. That's part of focusing. But when you get tired, so sometimes it's hard to get the rhythm because like when you speak with an accent like that, there's, it's more sing-songy. 
You know what I mean? So it's like there's a rhythm to it. Like you're almost you're almost like talk dancing. You know what I mean? But then when you get tired, right? And, and again, you know, nine hours straight, there's a lot of stops. And then each time you got to re-get yourself right, ready, right, exactly. re-get that. Act. So at the night, I can uh, I can see. Well, do you know what they me. say? After an hour, I'd be like, "All right, yeah. uh, we'll do this tomorrow." Yeah, that's what they say in the film business: hurry up and wait, or hurry up <laughs> to wait. You know, yeah. hurry up, we need you on set, and then you sit there. But that's the way it goes. That's just Come, part of the industry. That's right? the way it goes. Um, so this is the movie here. Am I okay? it, Could I eat this real quick? Yeah, I don't give a shit. So you got it on uh, Amazon Prime, right? Made in Mexico. So before we play the trailer. Uh, give a little, give your description of the movie, and then we'll play the trailer. Um, this is basically, a, you know, character. He's an aspiring writer in Hollywood, um, and like very wet behind the ears, but very anxious to get his first script, uh, you know, made into a film. Um, and he 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 meets with these shysters, these Hollywood shysters that kind of trick him into signing something, and then they kind of sign. He signed away the rights to a really good script. And oh, he was, signed his life away like a couple assholes. Right, and then his friend says, I hope you didn't sign anything, and he did. And uh, so now he's trying to get the, because basically he was going to be able to sell this script, so basically he wants his money back. But, you know, he works in a restaurant, and there's some Mexican kid that works there with him, and he's kind of like venting to him, and then he's like, well, my deal, you know, my uncle maybe could help you get your money back. And he said, well, if your uncle's able to get me this, I'll give him this. But there's nothing to be gotten yet because it's all, he didn't sell the script, but this is what it would have been. So now, like, you know, like when you deal with street guys and gangsters, they don't give a shit about, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's more like, yo, you said to him that you you're going to yeah. give me this. Yeah. So that's all I care about. Where is my money? Where's my 15000 But he's like, oh, no. But you know, then he's like, okay, well, okay, then I'm a cartel guy. I have my guys. Get them. Kidnap them. Bring them to where I am in Mexico. And now you're gonna do the re- you you want to make a movie? You're gonna make a movie about a real drug dealer killer. That's basically like how many? Basically, you're selling it to him by like no one's ever done this before. Like you got the real deal. I got guys holding up like uh, pots and pans you know, for reflex. Like, it's like really, really like as guerrilla style filmmaking. It's like <laughs> as it gets. Uh, yeah, but it's like you know, like it's cool. Though. It's actually kind of it, what's funny. It's like it, it, it it's kind of like Billy Crystal and De Niro the way the way they had that. Cam- I mean, we weren't as good as them. But just to give people an idea of what it was, the, the 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 you know what I mean, the dynamic of the friendship. It's like I was scary at times, but I like this guy. I know he's got a family, and I know he's trying to do the right thing. Who doesn't respect that? Right. You know right. what I mean. You got to respect that. He works hard. He's an Uber driver. He does all this. So basically, we got him there, and he's gonna make this movie about my life. He's, he's not going anywhere. So that's basically what I do. I kidnapped the guy. <laughs> and, uh, you know, hey, hey, remember hold Harry? Him against his, hold him against his own well, will for a few weeks. Hey, remember Harry Met Sally? Yeah. yeah. How funny was that? Yeah, I like that. Oh. Uh, all right. That was a great movie, right? Play the uh, right, trailer, Rob. Here we go. How are so many talentless people becoming so incredibly famous out here in Hollywood? You used to be good to have some kind of skill. So if you're listening to this, this is the trailer to Made in Mexico with Leo Brancato. I didn't know you had it in are you ready for life? Being That's Rodney Brinks. You go with us, you're an executive producer. You're not just a writer. Steve White. Pause it, Rob. Huh? You're never going to guess. The okay, guy so that right there, that was hand. the contract. You see the guy that shook his hand? He's wiser. Steve He, the showrunner of Extra, he owns that hotel channel. And he was also a producer. Great guy, his wife. 
We shot the movie at his house. He's got a ranch. Mm. It was in Anaheim. People think we shot it in Mexico. They got goats. They got. <laughs> it was awesome, though. They were feeding yeah. these. Like, it was such a nice. It's really nice. Like, growing up in New York and just everything's urban and, you know, concrete, you know. But then you go there and you're like on a farm. You got his kids there and they were feeding the animals. Really, really beautiful. Cool time. Oh, cool awesome. Time. Awesome. Really, I had such a great time. I got funding. Congratulations. Yeah. As long as you didn't sign anything. So what are they talking about right there? At that point when they're they're making the deal about the grant and the money, blah blah blah. What are they talking about? Well he just said fifty mil? Yeah. These are my guys saying, forget about hypothetically the 50, that if you get, if this and if, no, no, there's no if. His nephew told him that this guy is going to give you this because of this. So that's all I care about is that 50,000, where you get it, how you get it, whatever you got to do. You don't care. Just get the 50. Now I got to get my guys involved. You're coming here until I get that. And then whatever happens, happens. Actually sounds really good to me. That's a sweet looking house too. Yeah. <laughs> that was their house. Wow. That was their house. What's that house cost? Oh, what do you think? Hell no. That's like now? near Anaheim. Shit. Twenty million? Probably. See that in the corner? Maybe. See that in the corner with the little white gate where the car is? Yeah. There's horses back there and stuff. Look right, at that. that, that well, that's a hundred million. Yeah, that's easy. Lot. With the pool. Look at that. Yeah. All right. Oh, awesome house. Can't pay him, so now he's your partner. It's beyond tainted. The cartel's involved. Wants you to meet him at Olive and Where uh where, where's Mr. Ochoa? Tijuana. Tijuana? I asked him. 50 mil? No. Vamos a Tijuana. Pinche culero. Welcome to la casa del chingón, Mr. Aguilar. Decked out in Versace <laughs> and rings. <laughs> Firstborn of Armando Rodriguez Gonzalez Ochoa. Pause that. Pause that. All right, pause it, Rob. Okay, you see what that is? Doll. That's a fake baby. Yep. That's hot sauce. See him with the camera? We're recreating my kid's birth. <laughs> That's what we're doing. We got these cartel dudes holding them shit to like bounce the light. <laughs> I think it's funny. It's a funny little thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so this is all like it's supposed to be exaggerated. Yeah. It's supposed Doing, to be like extreme. Like, like a caricature. Like an exaggerated portrait mm-hmm. of myself in this scene because it's a movie within the movie. All right. Play Rob. <laughs> that was my wife. She was like six into. foot three. Six foot three. She was big. Hero. She's tall. <laughs> Everybody made fun of the guns. There's so many people. I posted a picture, right? That's an awesome ending, I think. I think I like ending's it. the best. I like it. There's a, you know, like when I posted it, you know, that picture of me with the guns, you could see it's not a real gun because you could see the little holes where the little BBs come out of. So you get people, you know, they just want to start hating. Oh, it's a fake gun. Blah, 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 blah. It's like it's supposed to be. It's a movie within a movie. What's wrong with you? Do you want to end up like, what's his name? He got off. Uh, <clears throat> Who was that? Uh, Alec Baldwin. Uh, Alec Baldwin. Baldwin, yeah. 
What do you? What's your? What's your take on that? You've been in a gazillion movies. I mean, now isn't the person? I don't know what you would call it. You, you know prop, that prop, 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 prop. Aren't prop. they supposed to check it? Now is the actor supposed to check it too? What's your opinion on that situation, really? I think that Alec Baldwin's job is just to act, not to check if there's bullets in the chamber. You know, and uh, I think maybe the prop person. I don't know exactly what happened that night. I don't know if he was fucking around with the gun or there was some kind of, you know what I mean? But if it is just like that, like I'm the prop person, here's the gun, and then it happens, and I wasn't doing anything stupid, it just happened, I got to say it's on the prop person because you had to look in this gun and make sure because this it's part of your job. Safety's number one. Nothing else. If the union comes on the set and there's something that's not safe, I don't care if it's the biggest director in the world. The union will shut them down. Safety's number one. So I would have to say that, you know, I mean, Alec Baldwin, obviously, he's the name. So this is why you hear his name anytime. Versus somebody else. Right. Right. Attempt, it has any. What's your opinion on, you know? on the Baldwin? Yeah, that's tough. Um, I, I, but, if you're handed a prop, I, I, I would think it's a prop. Yeah, I would think it's the prop person. Like yeah, he's an actor. But let's not forget, someone did lose their life. Yeah, and yeah. I never ever want to minimize no, that. No, whether no. it was his fault. No, or there's not. not. We're not talking about that part of the situation. Yeah. Just, just the physical, you know, situation that happened with the gun. At face value, Alec Baldwin's not responsible. It's not his job. He's there to act. But then again, I don't know the circumstances yeah. that night. I wasn't on the set. So I don't really want to cut you know. tragedy. All we know is, is that somebody lost a life. And, you know, I, I just wanted your opinion from an actor's point of view. In Made in Mexico, those were all props, prop guns, right? It was supposed to be a fake gun. You can yeah. see the little holes in the front rather than the big. You know what I mean? But nobody's looking that hard but you. You know, just like Rob and I, we, we look at everything a lot differently than somebody else after 200 of these. You know what I mean? So yeah. something we see, the average person won't see. So the average person that... Watches it isn't going to see what you see. No, but when I posted a picture with me, with the two guns like that, you could see the little holes in the front of the gun. People say, oh, that's not a real gun. You know, make it. But I'm like, it's not supposed to be. We're making a movie within the movie. That's why it's a fake gun. That's what it's supposed to be. You know what I mean? But the, the, the reason why I mentioned it is because a lot of people did notice. I was like, wow. So now give a teaser to uh, Made in Mexico. Just give like a, a quick teaser of, of why somebody should go to Amazon Prime and stream it, watch it, whatever. I just think it's a really cool story. It's very lighthearted. It has an undertone of something serious, something that can, like violence and stuff like that, the characters and, and you know, what they are. But you don't really see that. Um, And it's just, I think, you know, like the best, the best, Medicine for life in general is laughter. I mean, and, and I, that's why I did so well in prison. I made some of the baddest dudes laugh. And, you know, that got, you know, I didn't really have problems. She was like, they like, we like this guy, especially in a place like that when people facing 300 years. Right. You make them laugh, get their mind off things. They love you for things that. Things go good. Because when, when I saw it and it was under comedy, I was like, wow. Because at first glance, you would think it's kind of an action movie. And that's, it is an action movie with comedy. That kind of threw me off. Now you also have Man on Fire. That's right? exactly that's exactly what I mean. It's it's lighthearted and it's funny. 
it's actually freaking funny. <laughs> you know, like it made me laugh. And you know, like I'm watching every little thing. Like, oh, I remember that day. I was a little tired. Let me see if it shows. But I still laughed. I was like, wow, that's pretty funny. You know, and he was really good, Rodney Rink. So yeah, you know. So go get it, Amazon Prime. It's Amazon on Apple. Prime, uh, it's, it's, all, a, it's on Apple too. Xbox, Voodoo. Uh, yeah. Cool, they got an Xbox too. Yeah. Oh, good. And then you got, we you couldn't really talk about dick. it much last time, uh, but we can talk a little bit more about Man on Fire, right? Right. With uh, Meadow from Sopranos. Jamie Lynn Sigler. Yeah. Jamie Lynn Sigler. So it is possible that it might come out this year. We just missed Tribeca. And you're very confident in that one. Yeah, I saw it. It's, it's awesome. I mean, it's beautifully done. It's cut together. The performances, she's so awesome in this. Um, it's a shame. We missed Tribeca this year, but we got next year. And why is Tribeca so important for those who don't know? Well, I mean, first of all, it's a big... I mean, New York and L.A. are really where the two... The, the two me- well, L.A. is really the mecca, but if you want to say the second, you know, is New York for filmmaking, all that. And it's De Niro. It's De Niro's Film Festival, being that I'm a New York actor... It would be cool to be in the Tribeca Film Festival just because Bobby De Niro gave me my start. And for him, you know, for for my film to be screened at that festival, it would be such an honor. You know what I mean? It's just, you know, because you have that whole association. And, uh, you know, for her, she was in Sopranos, which is also an East Coast-based <clears throat> show. So I think it's a, it would be really good for that reason. You know what I mean? It would. It, but it, you think it might slip out this year. No, we this year it's, it's too late. Oh, I thought you said yesterday when we were talking. No, and no, it might, no, no. Oh. We missed this year, but we still have next year. You know what I mean? They just finished cutting it together, but you know, you got the the Cannes Film Festival, you got the Venice Film Festival, you got the one in Utah, Sundance. Right. It's right. If it's a monster, they want to be able to hit all all the festivals. It's really that appearances, good. All I can honestly say it's really, really that good. Very cinematic. Performances are powerful. Abusive it, father. Oh man, you yeah. got to hear the soundtrack. It takes place in the eighties. And Bruce Springsteen gave us a song, I'm on Fire. You know, he was abused as a kid. So we got a lot. A lot was he really? Yeah, we, we got a lot behind us, you know, on this project. And that's, you know, like it's, uh, it's, it's I can't wait for people to see it. I think they're going to really, really enjoy it. And then at this stage, uh, the last time you were in, we played a bunch of clips when we talked earlier. Sleepyhead, you're just touching up Sleepyhead right now, right? Yeah, we actually did some pickup shots last week, this past weekend. We shot the film in November for like three weeks. And then in uh, last week we did uh, two days of pickup shots. Um, Is that next year? You think? Because a lot a lot of people ask when that will be actually out. Out. Well, the filmmaker, the director, Jimmy James Hilger is his name. He just had a little baby, little Henry. Um, so I mean, finishing the film's not his number one priority right now. He's got the baby, you know, that's not even a few months old. That he's juggling, and you know, and, and you got to understand that that's definitely priority over. So that's probably next year too, right? No, I would say toward the end, you know. But this, but you know what? Good things take time. Um, I've got to be honest with you. I saw the first cut, um, but it was very rough. I wasn't too happy with it. But then again, it was the first cut. I just think the editor, because I saw that one scene that I told you we saw, that we played, yeah. And then he cut it his way. It was not even close. So now it's worrying me, like, damn, what do they have on these hard drives that this kid's not using? Kind of worries me, you know what I mean? And I just wish I could get in there and, you know, edit it myself or get, like, a real editor because I think the kid that we have is, hey, listen, he may be good at other things, but from what I've seen in that, I don't think it's uh, it's his calling. They better not take out that gas station scene because no, that's the trail no, the that's going to get everybody the, the in the, the liquor store. The liquor store. Gas station. We're in a gas station. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. 
That scene right there makes people want to watch it. Yeah, no, they no. take that. They're, no, Jimmy said they got that. A hole no, in no, head. Jimmy said it's going to be cut the way it was. It's going to go back. That's 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 how we were able to make the film. We shot that scene, and then you know, Lilo, do you have the uh, tr- the actual trailer, the real trailer for Sleepyhead? I do, I do. Not just the clip from like last time. No, no, no. I got that. Really, no additional footage, but I do have the. I have a trailer. It's about a minute and, and twenty. And seconds. we got it up there, so we'll play. Oh, it. okay. We oh, it up. oh, he got okay. Right. All right, this is the trailer to Sleepyhead. You're right with the sound. Sounds so important. How long have you guys been doing that before? Tell me about yourself. I think there's something really special about you. Don't you want to go home, Dorothy? You're looking for the Holy Grail in Yonkers? Very American. Trust me, I'm good for the money. I don't think you are. Game for a little martyrdom on a Tuesday night? Whatever it takes. Are you a demon? Can you get me out of here? Where are you trying to go, sweetie? Oh, there's your girl. You're for a rough night, bucko. (laughs) Is this hell? That ain't the devil's jism. I don't know what is. That looks good. Buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. That looks good. Pretty good, right? J- and Jane's in it. It's like it's like quirky, like you know what I mean. It's like it's original. You've never really seen anything yet. And Jane from Bronx Tales. Huh? Yeah, she got a little. Uh, she got a little. Uh, little cameo. Got a little love. Well, yeah, yeah. The, oh, she's the best. Would this be the first time with you two since the Bronx Tales? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to put something together now where I want to get a screenplay, and I want Bronx Tales celebrates 30 years next year. It's a 30 year anniversary, and I thought it would be great to bring her and I back, you know, back to you know to reunite us and. Uh, it's a love story or maybe just something where we're in the same film because we can capitalize off the press Hell yeah. that the film's going to get for the 30-year anniversary. And I could just like... What's the actual date? I think it's September 29th. Yeah. Wow, 30 years. Yeah. Wow. It feels... does not feel like 30 years. 30 years, bro. Wow. Now, when you're doing multiple movies at once and you have different directors, for you, how does your mind switch? Because, you know, you're doing Sleepyhead and then maybe next week you got to go over to Man on Fire and then maybe you got to go do like a touch-up for something else. I mean, it hasn't happened with these, but it in, in the past it has. But it didn't require much difference because a lot of the roles I was getting were, you know, like similar characters. Oh, so okay. it's not like, you know, I got to slip in slip out of, out of that one and back into this one. Now, I see, I thought you were kind of doing all these simultaneously. No, no, no. We okay. did Man on Fire uh, in 2019. The Holy reason why it's hell. taking so long because of the pandemic. Yeah. The director's, wow. the director's Australian because you remember in the beginning. Oh, right. oh they Shut put Australia. Yeah, they, yeah. they put them all in, the, in like this side. Yeah. You can't leave. Everything's yeah. open. You can't leave. Then they open it up and the whole fucking country got it. <laughs> Yeah. But remember in the beginning it was no yeah. problem over there. Yeah, because they they segregated them. Yeah. They are all like in Palm Beach. Everybody yeah. in Florida go to Palm Beach and deal with it. Yeah. Right. Then they're like, "All right, I think we think it calmed down out." But their immune systems had no way to no defense against COVID because they were all blocked, just like the mask and the gloves and all the bullshit. Well, then when they got let out, they were you know, wide open territory for that thing. Because they had no immune system to fight it. Well, yeah, that's the that's the one, you know, it's a big, that's a big downside. I think of wearing masks. 
Yeah, you have no way okay, to listen, fight it. Your a, body's got to be able to fight it. Okay, a mask, like if it's around right now and you wear a mask, it may help you not get it right now, but it won't help you to be able to fight it later. Because what will happen, I'm not a doctor, but I think logically. Well, it's just your immune system can't build up. You know, it's like, a, it's like a, a boxer. Against it. A boxer. They fight two, three, four times a year. They're going to be ready because they keep fighting. But it's like you fight once every year and a half. You're going to be rusty when you get it. It's the same thing with your immune system. When you're fighting all this stuff, not wearing a mask, you know, you take the good with the bad. Some of them, uh, you know, make you, you know, make you bedridden. But some of it you fight and, you know, you build up antibodies to whatever it is and your immune system becomes what they say more resilient. You know, you build resilience and that's how you do it. You got to be exposed to this stuff. It's like, how do you, it's like, it's like it, it, immune system wisdom. The yeah. only way it's going to be wise or, or you know, to act and, and react to a certain way to different pathogens and viruses is if it's it's exposed to certain things. I think because in the beginning, people just, they, they didn't know what it was, what to do. Everybody was freaking out. Nobody really knew. They were lying, this, that, the other. But then when they went to the mandate, that was that was too much. If you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. You have that right to wear a mask. If you, you don't do have want a right to, to wear one or not wear one. Right. I just I and, see with the little kids. No one should judge anybody. Whatever you the know. Older if you, you, you want get, to wear one, yeah. wear one. The older you get, I think. Listen, sure, wear a mask because you know your Make, immune system's not what it was. Everything. I got my first cavity. I never had cavities in my life. I took care. I got good teeth. <laughs> I got no wrong with my teeth. But the doc, the dentist said, when you get older, your teeth become more brittle. It just happens over time. That's what anything. Your immune system, whatever, over time, it's like a car. It's going to break down. And you got to do, you know what I mean? But I just think like with a kid, I don't see any logic in having kids wear masks. Even if they get the COVID, their bodies will be able to fight it off. I mean, obviously, you're going to get a few cases here and there where like things happen where it's like, you know, an exception to what's, you know, it's happening with the masses. But I think little kids, like my brother and sister-in-law, they both had COVID. They have three kids downstairs that were right with them. And not one of them got sick. It should they, just be your choice. Yeah, just they do may whatever have, you they want. They may have had it, but they yeah. were asymptomatic. Yeah. But I guarantee you, because they were exposed to it, were asymptomatic, I guarantee you their immune systems are stronger now because they would, they've been exposed to that. And now they know more about how the body knows how the pathogen works. It has to run its course. So the body takes certain precautions while the pathogen is running its course. And it's like if you, it's like you stunt your immune system by wearing these masks for too long. We have three orifices, one, two, three. You know, you can breathe in like, you know, if we were meant to have one, two, we would have been born with two. You have three for a reason. And I mean, like, you know, like if you're going to a COVID ward in the hospital, wear a mask. It's, that's common sense as well. But like when I see people in the car wearing a mask without anyone near them, for what? <laughs> for what? It doesn't make sense. Like I said, and it's listen, their choice, fuck it. I'm not minimizing because I know a lot of people that died. I personally know people that died from COVID. Well, the ventilators and were blowing up. Um, people's lungs. It was actually blowing them up. I mean, blowing. nobody knew that in the beginning. They thought it was the way to go, but the defibr... What was it? Yeah, it the, was ventilator. the ventilators, ventilator. right? Ventilator. It yeah. was actually blowing up their lungs. And the, it, well, you know what But it nobody was? knew that in the beginning. It's well, just yeah. when they kept at it. Was like, yeah. the fuck? I mean, ventilators, they help you for the time being, but then your lungs become dependent. My dad died on a vent. My dad yeah, died yeah. on a ventilator. Sorry. No, thank you. Yeah. Those things, they keep you alive, but when you take them off, you're not going to be able to breathe on your own. 
speaking of keeping people alive, I'm proud of you that you're still doing that Instagram uh, thing. What do you do? Once a week? How the the speeches? Oh, the, to, the videos, yeah, the yeah, inspirational yeah, videos. Yeah. I, you know, I respect you a lot for that, and you should. Two be. a week. <clears throat> you don't need to do that, but you continue to do it, and you're still doing it. Now, what gives you the drive to continuously do that? Continuously, continuously, continuously. I just feel like it's my responsibility, my obligation, because, you know, just how I know so many people have died from COVID, I know even more that died from addiction. And it's like, I, I'm, I wasn't one of those people. I was spared that. God spared me that. So now I have to ask myself the question, why did he spare me that? It's not for me to go back to, you know, go back on drugs and all that. He spared me that for a reason. Because he knows I have something good that I can use to help other people and inspire them. Bronx Tales, an iconic, classic movie that, that transcends time. You can watch it now as a kid and love it. And you're going to watch it 20 years ago as a kid and loved it. It's just one of those films, the lessons pertain to right now. I forgot who else I said this to. But somebody in that state, they're going to listen to you way before any counselor that has no idea what they're... Th they think they know what they're talking about, but they have no experience with any type of an addiction or a struggle. It doesn't need just to be an addiction to struggle. They have no idea. Nobody. They're just going there because somebody made them go there. One out of maybe. Just this is just my opinion. One of maybe one in a thousand go there really because they really want to go through it and get it done. But when you come on or somebody like you does this. It draws attention and people will listen to you. Well, they know I'm living proof that you can right. overcome addiction That's what I mean. because I'm doing it. I'm so not... now you're relatable and you're a celebrity. So you have, they're going to listen. Right. Well, this whole situation humanized me. You know what I mean? People may thought I was the kid from the movie and stuff like that. People see people in movies and they, even though they, you know, they, they almost look at them as like as a level up, which it shouldn't be because we're all people, but people do. You know, that's just the way it happens. And that's why so many people want to be on TV. And you're be, paying it forward is what to, you're to really be doing. perceived in that way. But now it's like, oh, look at this guy. We thought he was, you know, you know, blah, blah, blah. But look at this. He's in jail right now. And he got, you know, this and this. And look what addiction took him to down, you know, took him to his knees. And, and now, you know, like, it's not what you tell people. It's what you show them. I always say that. Show me. Don't tell me. Bro, I never knew that Brad Pitt had an alcohol problem. Like really? heavy, heavy. Yeah. Like bad, bad. He was really, really bad. And then when he bro when him and Angelina Jolie broke up, he's, mm. he's been sober for whenever they broke up. Uh, Tim Dillon was talking because he him and Brad Pitt are cool. And he made the comment. He's like, it sucks to throw Brad Pitt sober. I want him to stay on. I guess he was really funny when, you know, Tim Dillon's a really funny comedian. Yeah. And I guess when he was going through his thing, they were hanging out, laughing, part. And he's like, the one guy I wish I wouldn't, that wouldn't got sober would just relapse for one day is Brad Pitt. <laughs> so I looked up and I didn't know. I didn't know that he, he had yeah. an alcohol issue. But, you know, I'll, I'll, do you see that a lot in Hollywood, like that have addictions, but just clean it up? Like I always wanted like Johnny Depp, which we'll get to a little bit later. You know, he comes and bangs out a movie and kills the box office. Then he goes with that band and he's on a... a He's off to the races for six months. God knows what. And then somehow the role comes up. Boom. Perfect. You know, like how in the hell, how the hell do can they do that? And I think it's probably more common than I think. You know, sometimes it's just when you work on films and just the gratification that it gives you, that fulfillment, when you're actually working is like a high in itself. It's like the alcohol. It's you're getting that high from that. 
because of that sense of purpose. I have purpose. I'm in this big film. And my purpose is to be the star and to entertain people. And then it's like, I don't need anything else because this enough is a drug. It's a drug in itself. But now it's like, okay, I don't work for a while. Now it's like you want to try to replace the high that you were getting from you know seeing yourself on screen because now it's not happening as often. And you're like, oh, man. And then throwing some problems at home. Yeah, and then it's like, but even like, even, not even the problems at home. That, 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 that will make you do that, no doubt about it. But just sometimes it's like, I don't feel the high I felt when I was making movies. So now it's like, maybe let me get high or let me drink to try to mimic what I was feeling then. It's never the same. But I, to me, that could be one explanation because that's what happened with me. So I, I don't doubt that there are other actors that have been through something very similar. Do you think, like Heath Ledger, for an example, do you think him playing Joker just made him crazy where he passed away? Do you think, because, you know, some of these roles, they're, they're, you've got to really put yourself in a completely different mind state, right? I mean, to play the Joker and the way that Heath Ledger did was crazy. Yeah, I yeah. mean that's the best Joker ever. Yeah, I, I mean he owned that role. No, that was he. Him. He was the most true to the comic book, and it was just. Now, do you think that that got to him too much that led to his decease? Well, I think I think the preparation for the role and the late nights and not sleeping as well after he finished the movie. When it was time to come back to normal, right? Heat, he was right? taking those drugs to be able to sleep and this and that, and I, you know, when you're not an addict, your body doesn't have a tolerance to be taking that. Do you know if he was an addict prior to the movie? I don't. I never heard anything. Me like neither. That. I don't know. So then, one would have to assume that that had to have. Had oh no, no, that was that that film. That role was definitely the catalyst the, to him the, dying. Seen, have you seen? No the, doubt. The new Batman with uh, Robert Pattinson. No, I want to. I heard. I, it I, I did. I heard it. I liked it. I. Did, you know, I got to be honest with you. You didn't like it. Oh, I loved it, but I, I didn't like Pattinson as the. See, uh, I didn't going in. I was like. I, I don't, he's not going to be a good bat. I, I went in with a negative, like he's not going to be good. He's not going to do it. After watching him, like, dude, he, I thought he killed it. I liked it. And then the Riddler, the Riddler was awesome. Oh, fucking you weird, know, the weird, right? Yeah, yeah. But you know why weird. I like that movie? Because remember, it was about the orphans. Yeah, in, in the town, of, yes. in the city of Gotham, yep. these politicians were supposed to put this foundation together to help orphans. But they, what they did was they funneled money, money and did all yeah. this illegal shit. Yep. The Riddler's one of the orphans. Uh-huh. He's one of the orphans, so now he's fucking mad. You now, fucked now, us. Now check this out. This plays right into what you're doing. Why did you think that Robert Pattinson wasn't going to be good? Because uh, you think of him his, from the fucking correct from yeah, uh, what was that Twilight or whatever. Twilight. Twilight. Yeah. yeah, I had a preconceived notion, notion. right? So if you see, so did I. So if Lilo doesn't stay diverse, if you see Lilo in a super super duper, you know. What would be completely opposite of like Bronx? That like uh, you're a country singer out in the woods, uh, yeah. you know, grazing yeah. uh, farms, and an earthquake happens, right? You would see Lilo, and you'd be like, "Yeah, nothing. Like, ah, I can't be good." It's like I can't see Anthony Hopkins other than Hannibal Lecter. Like I don't know what it is. <laughs> I just can't see Anthony Hopkins, and he's so good. Oh, Did you see so him as good. Nixon though? He was oh, good he as was, Nixon. He was a beast in Nixon. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're saying. It's like. Sometimes these guys, they, like you yourself, you, they, you come out with such a banging movie that it just, you can't get you it peak, out of your like head. Like Bronx Tale, it's like, yeah, it's like Tony Soprano. Come on, what else do you want yeah. to see? And he was an awesome actor, Gandolfini. And that's the same with Patterson because he did, what, three, four Twilight movies? He was nobody. He made a gazillion dollars. Every woman in the planet watched it. Guys got forced to watch it if they didn't want to. I don't to. think he was, I don't think 
I don't think his performance was bad. I just think physically and his age, he wasn't right. Christian Bale was perfect. The, yeah, you know, Bruce that. Wayne was like a very affluent, wealthy man. You know what I mean? He's my favorite. More distinguished. He had the suits. This kid, they had. he looked like a junkie vampire. He had the hair to the side. He was pale white, and everything was so dark. He's which, the only one that didn't work for me. Which did you know? The you know who was awesome? Colin Farrell plays the Penguin. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah Colin Farrell. Bro, he's yeah. so awesome he in this. Good. Take it easy, sweetheart. Yeah, Elaine, oh, I got you. Elaine, oh, I got you. Well, Elaine Lancaster made out with him. Yeah, <laughs> she said she did. He was good, man. The, and the Riddler, like, it was clever. The, remember the one? He every time somebody would die, he'd leave a little note on the person. He'd tape it to them, and it says for the Batman, right? So they get the mayor in the beginning, right? I'm not telling away. So they get the mayor. He's dead. He's like this, just lying there. Mm-hmm. And he's got a little note on him for the Batman. So Batman reads the note, and it's a riddle. What does a liar do when he's dead? He lies still. He's lying still, and he's still lying. <laughs> I was like, yo, that's so clever. Yeah. Awesome? Yeah. I see. I think the best Batman was. Uh, I knew I was going to forget his name. Oh, Keaton. Just had it. Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. I think he was the best. I like Bale. Yeah. And Bale. Bale's tough. No, well, Bale. there was there was two movies Bale did that were unbelievable. Oh, he's Batman, and what was the one where he was crazy? Oh, what, American for, Psycho. American Psycho. No, no, no. But you got to watch. That watch was amazing. You want to see an awesome movie? What? Out of the Furnace. Bale. Can you get that trailer? Uh, I don't know if I can pull that one. It'll probably be on YouTube. Probably not. It might be on YouTube. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Out of it's called Out of the Furnace. Hopefully soon we don't have to. It's awesome. I think Leonardo DiCaprio may have produced it. Yeah. Yeah, dude, it's an awesome. It's movie. called Out of what? Out of the Furnace. Out of the Furnace. Woody Harrelson plays like a gangster meth shooting meth dealer because it's like Jersey and Pennsylvania. This whole like this uh, these, these meth guys they're up in the hills. Yes. Yeah. Maybe later on Near we can my find hometown. it. Maybe later on we dude, can find it. It's uh, so and the the song by Pearl Jam release that's mm-hmm. like the song for the movie. Yo, it's so so such a good. Did, movie. did you know that? And again, you you know the actor's name. I don't remember his name. So Bane in in Batman. Batman. Bane. Yeah. He's, I don't know the actor. He's name. the guy that plays Venom now in the Venom movies. And I'm looking at him like he was jacked in, as Bane. Right. He's you know, a big motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. And then you look at him there. I'm like, that's really the same guy. Who was in the new Batman that nobody recognized that he was actually in it? There was some, they were talking, everybody yeah, was talking. Colin Farrell. Was, Colin that, Farrell that's who it was, yeah. it was Colin Farrell. Is there yeah. any way you could get a picture of him? Yeah, I'll pull that, I'll find Wait it. Wait till yeah. you see what he looks like at the Joker. Oh, he's so he's crazy. Yeah, because he's a street guy. He's like an Italian with John So Caturro. who's your top three Batman? He's like a real man, but he waddles. Don't you know my reputation? He tell, he's a street guy, man. He's a serious guy. Top three Batmans. Well, Christian, play, Christian Bale. One, Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. Nicholas, maybe? No, I liked. Remember Val Kilmer? Val Kilmer oh, yeah, wasn't Val bad Kilmer. either. Oh, that was right. Yeah, Val Kilmer. Was look, look at him. Look, 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 look at him. Yeah. Look at him up there. I got you. Wow. I got you. Wow, click on that middle one. Middle one. Yeah, right here. This shows side by side right here. Wow. Come yeah. on, bro. Jeez. Now, Lilo. Looking at that picture, when he goes in there every day, how long does it take to make it? Oh, look this like that? right there. How long? That's couple. That's probably a couple hours every day. Easy, but he wasn't. He wasn't throughout the whole movie. He had a small part, but it was a memorable, awesome part. Yeah, it was good. You know, I think that you know, that was one of the better Batman's. Even though the Batman, I just didn't think. I, I, you know I, what it is? It's not that he was bad, but when you've seen other people do it better, it's hard. It's like watching the Gotti movie with Travolta 
It's not even close to the one that Armand DeSante did. So I thought like, that was the best one yeah. by far. So after that, they shouldn't have made any. Why in the hell that didn't I, roll I out of the moon? I, I loved lo- it too. I love Travolta, and I think Travolta's an awesome actor. I just, but it did not compare to. You can't to, like uh, it's like come on. I just think I still. Th- I mean, I still think Bale's the best one. But I, going in, like I said, I had negative toward Patterson. Uh, but after watching, I'm like, man, I, he. I thought he did a great job. I, th- I mean, I'm not saying he's the best one, but I thought he did a. He just I did looked a great too job. young. It's not that he didn't do a good job, yeah. but I just couldn't get into it to where it was authentic because I thought he was too young. This guy's supposed to be like in his like late early late forties, early fifties, a billionaire, yeah. very distinguished. They had him like. Well, there's another one. They signed on him for another one again. So oh, him for Patterson again. Yeah, he's going to be the Apparently. next one. Yeah. yeah. Well, listen, it probably made a lot of money. Yeah. I'd like to see him back. Yeah. I got you. <laughs> he was good. There he is, right there. See him right there. Look, he's just like too pale skinned. Yeah. He looks like a vampire. Yeah, click on that. See that? He looks yeah. like a vampire. That's unbelievable. See that? Look how yeah. look how he's so white. Yeah, it was... that doesn't look like a Batman. Batman was like a like a distinguished guy with money, and it's just like he wouldn't. Yeah, no, Lilo, Lilo. He's just saying that he thought he did a good job. Yeah, he's not saying on. he thinks it's the best one. <laughs> Lilo, yeah, Lilo, yeah, yeah. I'm just telling you because <laughs> I he's not the best. He's not he saying he's it. the best, yeah, Lilo. Yeah. He just said he he thinks he did an all right job. All right, all right. It's with, okay, with expectations. Let me come to terms with this. We're not saying he's We're not saying he's the number one Batman ever. No, but Farrell. But Farrell. You know, that, oh, you that's, my, that's my favorite. Uh, uh, DeVito. Yeah, that Danny was DeVito, that, right? Yeah. I was my, in his office when we did Renaissance. My favorite man. one. He gave me a couple of cigars. He's got like a big, like 50 foot penguin in his thing. He waddled a around. Big, yeah, yeah. He had the fish. Uh, he had the, the voice, the voice. How he did the voice of the penguin. I loved it. What, he gave you a bunch of cigars when you met him? Yeah, a couple of Cohibas. Yeah. Yeah. Is he the same type of guy? Like when you were watching him act, as a person, is he is he like that in person? Well, in Renaissance Man, he wasn't like Louis De Palma in, in Taxi. Like, you know yeah, what I mean? he was more like a real, like a good guy trying to like make the the world a better place by teaching these like these kids. And uh, um, yeah, he was very simple because Danny's a good guy. He was a really good guy, you know. My favorite movie with him was the uh, the one with the judge when when they're they're going to court. I forget what it's called. I don't know. It's going to drive me nuts. I'm just going to stop thinking about it. But I met Danny DeVito, right? We met before Renaissance Man. There was a film. The script was called Jersey. That's the name of his production company. Hmm. If you look at Pulp Fiction, Jersey Films is one of the production companies. Miramax Pictures, Jersey Films. His production company was one of the production... On oh, he was film. behind that. Right. Well, he got a nice okay. piece on that So... One. Danny DeVito, so now we got this script. It's called Jersey, about this family at Jersey Shore and the whole thing. So now we're, he's meeting with all these actors. Then after, based on the meeting, he's going to invite some people back and not invite some people back. So him and I, okay, my turn. I go in the room, and uh, it's Danny DeVito. He's smaller than I thought because when he was sitting, his feet were high off the ground <laughs> on the chair. How tall would you say? Oh, he's like... Oh, good. So I'm taller than him, right? <laughs> I, I I'll pay fucking 20, 50 grand. If I'm taller, I get he's a picture with somebody so, else taller. Yeah, yeah. So, he's a, so he's a real Just one little picture guy. Where I'm the taller guy. So he's a real little guy. So we started talking, and uh, and I remember him saying. So he says, "Oh, Lilo Brancato, huh? You know, goes. What kind of name is that? You know?" And I said, "Sicilian, actually Italian." I said, "Italian, you know, like you." And he says, "He says, yeah, we're Italian, but we're Gegia, He said Gegia. But when he said that, I knew exactly what he meant. And then he loved it. Gag. That's Albanian. 
there's a lot of Italian Albanians in Italy, yeah. especially in my mom's in Calabria. They're called Igeg. When we refer to very Albanians. light skin, very oh, very but, light skin. But they're Albanians that migrated to Italy. Mm -hmm. So now they're called Igeg. You like when we refer to them? Oh, Abisti Igeg, Igeg. When he said that, I was like, Yeah, I know what that is. Those Italians uh, of Albanian descent. He was like, Wow, how did you know that? He said, No one ever knew that. So I guess that intrigued them. I was so lucky that I knew about the gig, right? So we started talking about that, and he was like, he was so blown away. So I got, I did get a call back, and uh, and the film never went. They never made the film. I met Nicholas Turturro was there. He was leading, reading the lead. My friend Louis Venaria, crazy. When half out. these films don't get made, not not you, they spend all that time, and they just say, ah. Oh. Nobody buys into it, or or what? What's usually this? There's so many especially different with reasons. a guy like him. So many different reasons. Yeah. Say, you know, the the, the, the we're gonna make this film because this director really yeah. wants to make it. But say, then the director gets sick, so then it loses steam. By the time he gets better, yeah. he's got twenty other things. They're going on to on. the next thing. Right. I think I asked you this last time, but like, do you think so? Top Gun's coming out a couple Maverick. weeks from now. Maverick. I think it's going to be fucking awesome. I can't wait to go see hopefully, No doubt. Hopefully. Hopefully, right? I got to be honest with you. I think all of Tom Cruise's films are awesome. Yeah, he's He doesn't great. make bad movies. That's the actor I think. I've never seen him make a bad movie, Tom Cruise. He's, but, he's that But awesome. do you think do you think there's ever a shot? Because you want to get, like, if you're going to make a movie like that, you want the original actors. That's your goal, right? And people pass away and things happen in life. Do you think there's ever a chance? Like, and we talked about this last time. That they make a Bronx Tale two, and it's based maybe in you as a dad to another kid, or you think that's too far? That that would that would be the blockbuster of the decade if they did that. I well, think they'd have to do it before, and I don't know how old De Niro is, but you know they'd have to do it soon. I told you know the way I would do it. No, he's asking, do you think they would ever do it? Not I how don't you. Think, would do it. I don't think they would ever. You do don't it. see that ever no, is going to happen. Never. No, no, forget it then, because you're going to get us all excited yeah. for nothing. So I don't, yeah, I don't even yeah, want to know like, what you yeah, would do yeah. until you do it. No, but because... I'm saying, like, there's so many ways you could go with that. Like, if they did make it, you could make it like now sees a street guy. That would never happen. At the end of the film, his father came and got him, took him out of the funeral home, and he's, he's back to see. He fell out of that for a little bit, but then he went back. Or, or you could do a prequel with, with, with Sonny, Joe Pesci, and why they killed that guy on the street. That would be awesome. Or what if you do C and Jane's kid, mm. and you have mm, a kid, mm, and that mm. kid now is living the street life, maybe maybe not as as in the mob life, but the street life. Now, could you ah. do that without approval? Anything? I don't, I, close? I don't think so. No, because it would have to be different names, different I, everything. They, I think the way it works because I, there was my voice. In a rap song, the narration, the, the album was called Waste the Talent. So you hear me in the beginning, and the saddest thing is Wasted Talent, Wasted Talent, Wasted Talent, the way they had it. And when I saw that, I'm like, nobody ever contacted me. How come I'm not getting paid for this, right? But then I looked into it, spoke to a couple of attorneys, and De Niro, Chaz, whoever it is, owns my name and the character within the capacity of the film. So, C and Jane, those are characters from a film. That's, you know what I mean? They own, so I would not be able to do that. You couldn't them. use Kaludro, C, or Jane. Know the... So that would that would be tough. Yeah, we could call him Carlo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That'd be it, their kid. Yeah, Carlo. Yeah. Carlo, but you couldn't be Kaludro, right? No. 
and she couldn't be James. No, unless Chaz Palminteri said, you know, go ahead and do it, which I doubt he will. Come on, Chaz. Yeah, Chaz, you know what, Chaz but, come on. But you get you a nice paycheck on that one. I'd like you, You'll go 50 50. You. <laughs> you, 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 and I swear, I don't get you it. can I'm ask anybody you. I know. I swear, you can ask my anybody nieces, on the planet. This you can ask my nieces, you can ask anybody. I, I mean, I swear on my nieces, not ask my nieces. They're six. But the way I would have done if I did another Bronx tale, it wouldn't be before or after, it would be during. And you know whose character? And I swear I saw this before I saw Joker. Like him in the apartment with those colors, with his mom. I would make the movie on the kid who shot Sonny. Mm. That would be the way. He would be like the Joker. Mm. And I'm sick. Living the life okay? after his dad. Because you, yeah, right. Because at the end of the movie, he comes back to kill Sonny. Yeah. Just like at the end of the Joker, look what he does. So and how I would think, the process... I think this is even better because he's going into a bar. It's more like a kamikaze mission. You know what I mean? And the whole time you show this kid and maybe there's flashbacks why his father was killed and you see him grow up somewhere else and you maybe even see him That's go to the Bronx where, you know, like Sonny hangs out, maybe even peek around the corner and look at him. You know what I mean? You never see his face. You know, everybody, you Lilo, 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 everybody that just got a hard dick thinking that there might be a Bronx yeah, too, done, we, we can't find our dicks now uh, because it's, it's not going to happen and you don't think Chaz is going to make it. So we all have limp dicks now. Uh, all linked. So we have to watch your Instagram video to get our dicks back up. Uh, <laughs> well, Chase, I didn't know that's what those videos did. <laughs> right here, he's about to play it. And you do this twice a week, right? Yeah. You do it twice a week and you do it on your own. You're not paid to do it. Nobody's telling you to do it. You choose to do it. Well, it's part of like what I do at work. But it's but there was my idea, you know, they loved it, and, you know, I think it's great. But, I mean, nobody's telling you to do no, it. No. You're doing it on your own by but, choice. Absolutely. I just think it's important that that's said, that nobody's saying, hey, Lilo, do this, it's well, good for I've you. Well, I've kind of incorporated it into my job detail and description because it's these are good. These are good. Like, people, like, get something from them. And it's not like I just sit there and it takes me time sometimes. So I'm going to take a wild guess that the answer would be, yes, I decided to do this on my yes, own. Yes, yes. Okay, I now we're getting somewhere. That's a very wild good guess. <laughs> but this one here is, uh, you know. Uh, I just think it's so cool that you still do this, man. Yeah, really, yeah. really it is. In life, when looking to become successful, it is only logical to model ourselves after those who have made it and have become successful. Now, successful people share many different traits and qualities, but perhaps the most important one is their ability to push past all their excuses. Because let's face it, excuses do not get results. And we tend to find excuses because we lack self-confidence, we let fear get in the way, or we just don't have enough passion behind our goals. But I'll tell you this, you cannot become successful in life if you always have an excuse as to why you can't do something. I mean, we can all make excuses, but it's about eliminating them or pushing past them that separates the successful people from the non-successful people. Because remember, excuses will always be there, but opportunity will not. God bless. What what a good clip. You know, and that says to me, where's the go-getters? What excuse? You have an excuse. What? You're afraid? Scared? Go get that, it. That's a lot of times what it is. They're afraid. Except, and then they make the excuse, well, this, well, that, well, People are this. afraid of failure. People are afraid of rejection. So when you have, when you're but working that's at, okay. when you're working with, how do you get people past that? Well, I did, you know, like, you got to teach them that this is what life is. Failure is our best teacher. But the way you're going to learn is if you fail. How do you get a guy uh, past 
you know, get, yeah, but Lilo, if I do this, what if this happens? What if that happens? What if this? Like, how do you get them to say, like, you see that they got the talent. You see that they can, they really have something, right? You know, they look up to you. You're helping them out. How do you get them to go? Go for it. Well, you got to say everything that you're saying right now, this is all speculation of what might happen. And might. It's not going to happen because you're not even, you never know until you try, okay? Once you're on the other side and then you know what you did and you felt what you felt while doing it, you're going to know that you were afraid, not you were afraid to do this for no reason. The worst, the, the, the only thing to fear is fear itself. You know what I mean? You, what's the worst can happen if, this is what you got to do. You got to go worst case scenario. And then you got to show them that even the worst case scenario is not even that bad. But at the end of the day, you're going to learn something. You never fail. Because even with failure, you learn something. You learn that I did it this way. I should have did it this way. So there's never a failure. Failure is not failure. Failure is only failure if you give up. Right. But when you use that failure to teach you what you didn't know and as to why you failed, and then you don't make that same mistake again, how valuable was that failure? It's like, you know, like if I forget something on a trip to, you know, whatever, like last time I forgot my underwear, remember? Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, you had to hey, borrow Tom, underwear. Hey, Tom, you know? Hey, Tom, you got to go borrow That was the first thing I put in my luggage this time was my underwear. You know what he I did, mean? He had to borrow three pair of underwear. Yeah, so, you know. Yeah, it's funny. But, yeah, that's, you know what I mean? So that's like. Great clip, huh? Yeah, it's like the Chinese farmer. You know what I mean? Just when you think something's been like. This little, this kid, that one of the horses runs away, and then this new flock of horses. So the kid takes him. He's trying to ride the horse. The horse throws him. He breaks his leg. So now everybody think, oh, wow, this sucks. This kid was, like, trying to train the horse. He's all messed up. But it's, like, the worst thing in the world. But then the conscription officers come by the next day, and they're trying to recruit kids for the army. And he can't go because he's got a broken leg. So it worked out for him. Even though he thought he failed because he broke his leg. But look, that's life. This is going to happen. For every action, there is an opposite and equal reaction. That's Newton's law. You know what I'm saying? This is going to happen now. But because of this, that'll happen later. You know what I mean? So that's just... See, that's where wisdom comes into play. Not much bothers me. Because, yeah, okay, I may have to suffer for a little bit with what just happened. But I know something good's going to come out of it. It always does. Always, not once in a while. And do you think? But you have to look for it. Your do you mind think your has brain to be started thinking like that after prison, after going through jail and all that other stuff. That that that's when you started to look at things a lot differently. Right, because when you're sitting there and there's not much to do and all that damn time in your cell and you're staring at four walls, this is when you really learn about yourself. And this, like, when you got a million other things going on, it's really hard to pay attention to results from different things that you did. And now you're like here and you got nothing else to do, but so you analyze your behavior. You analyze the results that you got from that behavior. You know what I mean? And this is where you this is where the wisdom builds. Like, wow, even though that happened, I still didn't need to worry because this happened and if you think about it, this is always going to happen after something like that. So the next time around, going into the thing that people will be afraid of in the beginning, it's not going to scare me. Because I know I can't lose because I'll learn what I did wrong, even if it doesn't work. You know so what I mean? So now, like when you were in Rikers and your mom got a call, a call that you don't want, tell everybody what happened with that. Oh, with the, uh, with the OJ? <clears throat> no, 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 no. When you were in Rikers and your mom got a call, look, the lawyer had called. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So this relates to 
Well, yeah. yeah. He couldn't call me because I don't need right, right. Yeah, yeah, I got it. It's not like you got to, you know. I got hey, my number's right here, yeah. uh, cell 13. Yeah. Uh, you know, can, can you please uh, put yeah, me into cell 13? Extension 13, 13 <laughs> yeah. for the name of the number of my cell. B block. Make yeah. sure it's B block. <laughs> right? No, so my lawyer, uh, Joe Tacopina, one of the best around. And I can, I can con- confidently say that. One of the best trial lawyers around. I'm talking about in the country. He represented Meek Mills, A-Rod. You know what I mean? He's top-notch. And, uh, you know, in in a case, discovery is what they call evidence, new discovery, stuff that's been discovered, evidence. Everything that happened from the beginning of the investigation to the end is the discovery. And that's when a trial lawyer is looking in there for something to be wrong, Right. if you have a good lawyer. He's right. looking word by word for one word wrong, because if there's one word wrong, retrial. Right, yeah, there's something. Or even yeah. on some kind of technicality, Anything. they'll throw it out. Forget throw it retrial, out. They'll what? throw it out. Yeah. Either so, or. Yeah. So now, you know, we had gotten a lot of the discovery. This, you know, I got locked. You know, it happened December 10, 2005. This was Memorial Day weekend 2007. So this is, you know, a few years after. And I'm still sitting in Rikers waiting to go to trial. I mean, it's <laughs> three years to go to fucking trial. Imagine I'm found not guilty. That's three years I should have never did. <laughs> in Rikers. Yeah. And then they give me bail. You know, it's crazy. So I call my mom. I call my mom in Rikers Island. You got two phone calls. You got a number one or a number two. A number one's fifteen minutes. A number two six. So, as my mother knows, like when you're upstate, as long as you got money in the account and nobody's on the phone, you could talk all day. But Rikers doesn't do that. Rikers, you know, you got that little bit of time, and that's what it what is. Are you, fifteen minutes. Fifteen minutes, and then you got a number six. So as soon as I got on the phone, my mother said, "No, no, call your lawyer." He called, right? So I said, "All right." So Joe calls, and he said. You know, he goes, Lilo, you know, I think you got a great case, a lot of good evidence, a lot of good things, a lot of good facts. And, uh, you know, I got some of the discovery today, some really good stuff. He said, but there's one thing in particular that's causing a little concern. And, you know, I'm, I'm like shaking as this guy's telling me because I still have some hope. So he says to me. Uh, and Lilo, right now you're looking at a murder charge. Yeah, and a, con- and a <clears throat> New York City police officer. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's as serious as it gets. And I didn't even do it. I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not trying to play the victim. Right, right. I was there and, you know, like my actions contributed to what happened. There's no doubt about it. We're more referring to that you're looking at the rest of your life in prison. Right, for something that I didn't actually do, that right. I participated in, that no way in a million years should I have gotten life. When people say that, I'm like, yo, shut the fuck up. No, life. you are a participant. Think about it if it was that your kid who right. was on drugs and he went along just to go get high and this other guy does that. You think your kid should be in jail for the rest of his life? For some, shut the fuck up. I hate when people do that. It's like, put yourself in my parents' situation as if that was your kid. Do you think your son, who didn't have a gun, never got in trouble, only for drugs, should go away forever? Doesn't make sense. You could wipe your ass with that theory. It's bullshit. Okay, and that's why I'm here. Because the jury knew. They heard all the facts, not what they write in the newspapers. That's all one And you were in New York, and you don't want to They heard the facts. They heard the facts. They heard the facts. And if it wasn't Christmas, I would have probably gotten off that whole case. Mm -hmm. Because the the jury sat on the case from November uh, 24th until December 22nd. So their whole Christmas (laughs) time was watching the the trial. Yeah. So trust me, I believe they they got to that that verdict a little faster than they should have. It is funny that they actually think that the jurors go home and don't watch anything. How do they not know about this case? They, they should. It was the biggest thing in the Bronx for like you know a, a month straight after it happened. Like I could you know what? I, I really think no way you didn't. I, I really think this, and every lawyer would say no. But I think it should be one day. You start at seven a.m. and you go until you're done, and the jury doesn't leave. You don't leave until there's a decision. That way, nobody can sway anybody. I know there's a lot of evidence in cases and stuff. 
Or then, if you don't do it that, I mean, this will never happen. If you don't do it that way, then put them in hotels. Put them in hotels and watch. They them. did that with the OJ, as they should. Yeah, they did that because with the OJ. you're talking. A lot of times, you're talking about somebody's life, and one thing could influence them right. that they isn't true. They read the newspaper. Yeah. Something that was wrote. They got to do a better job. It's of that. one-sided, and the next thing you know, they're like, "That's just what they're going to go off now." But they count, like we were talking before we started. Think of that lady that gets all these cases overturned. That's just the ones that she, you know, and it takes years and years and years. Think about all the, the ones that the are woman out there from making a murderer, making the second, a murderer. The second one, yeah, because they made the second one. That's one. But you were saying with my mom, right? So Joe, so Joe says, you know, but there was one thing. He goes, "Lilo, they found your bloody glove." On the windowsill. So I'm thinking, yeah. I could beat this burglary. I never went in, and, and it was just like, I, that wasn't my intention to rob. I knew the guy. But I'm like, damn, how the hell does that glove get on the windowsill when I was shot here? So now I'm worried, man. He said, so now I'm thinking, fuck, I'm going to go away. Shit, I'm going to lose this trial. I'm going to blow trial. Then when I called back, and this was like a defining moment in my life, because that few hours that I was just in the TV room, I was broken. Yep. From hope to hopeless mm-hmm. in, in, in one phone call. And I'm just sitting in this TV room and I'm just broken. And then I remembered. I wanted to use the phone a few hours later. Your time comes back. And I call my mother. She said, Lilo, Lilo, call Joe. He called back again. He's got to tell you something very important. I said, all right. Holding your breath now. He calls back. He goes, Lilo, turns out the glove with the blood on it was not yours. It was it was EMS. When they worked on you, when you came there, you all shot up covered in blood. I bet you wanted to go for a run for 20 miles, right? Let me right? tell you something. Let me tell you something. I almost wanted to become an EMS person. That guy, that person was my fucking hero. I want to wear that uniform proudly and gladly after that. But yeah, I was like, holy shit, but. What I mean was it was a defining moment because I was sitting there stewing. But like, and then it worked itself out. So I, I learned like, holy shit, no matter how bad things get, they either work themselves out or it may as well have been worked out in your mind because now you deal with it better. But it didn't change. But the way you perceive it is different. So therefore it did change because the effect is different. It doesn't have that effect even though it's still the same shit. That's why the power of the mind is powerful. Now, were you dreading in your head, like, I don't want to call back, I want to call back, because you could call back and it could be really bad, you could no, call but back and be good. But, no, but the way my mom sounded was it was optimistic. Oh, Lilo called you oh, like okay. it was optimistic. So you're like, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not going to be I that bad. I didn't know what it was, but that was like, forget about it. I didn't even give a fuck that I was locked up after that. I was like tap dancing on my bed. You know what I mean, it was like I think anybody would yeah, be right. Oh, okay. I mean, so we're back to where we are now. Still yeah. locked up, no bail, but, but I got some hope. Yeah. You know? And then, how long was it after that until you got out? Because you did what eight, right? Yeah. Well, that was 07. I got released December thirty first, two thousand thirteen, New Year's Eve. It was well, supposed to be well, January first. That's always my question. Like when I watch that show on Netflix, why the fuck does it take so long? And even like, at, like you go to court, right? Get this thing pushed, and it goes to another thing, and this gets pushed, and it gets pushed, and then let's say you get found guilty, then you want to try to overturn it. Like, it just drags. Is that because they just want you to give up? Meaning, it, it depends. They like, break you, and, and well, sometimes that, I, that he can knows be attacked. I, I know the federal, you tell, you know more about the state than me. Federal, I know that. So, well, you know, well, they did, they do want to try to break you. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes the longer they keep you in, Sometimes they sometimes they don't want to take you to trial. Sometimes they don't think the case is worth the taxpayer's money. 
So they'd rather get a, a, a free a free conviction by you just taking a plea. So the longer you're sitting in there, you may say, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to cop out. What was it? What was it? 12? Give me the fucking 12 and let's just go upstate and get this shit over. Because you got to understand, you got, once you set your mind to, I know I got to do this amount of time, it's better than what, how long am I going to be here? But like if you would have got found guilty, let's say, let's just. Well, I did, there. but out of the big, I did found guilty of attempted burglary uh, okay, but what, in the first degree. What if, what if you got found guilty of the, of the murder, okay? And you said about that glove, right? That was a big turning point, right? What happens if they found you guilty and now you have evidence or your lawyer finds stuff? It just feels like it's that years. drags and years. drags and drags. And it's like, why can't it be done because, within Rob, the year? It's got to go through a bunch of circuits because for it to get... What you're asking is for it to get overturned, even a retrial. Correct. It has to go to the third, even in the state, because now you're talking about the Supreme Court. It's got to go to the third circuit. They're going to deny it. Correct. Fifth circuit, they're going to deny it. Seventh circuit is the Supreme Court. The state Supreme Court. If it's good, they take it. But they're, you know, they have a lot of cases before so Lelaw. That's the reason why. <clears throat> but, you know. You, you, you don't get right? put to the top. No, got- you, you got to go. So if he's in New York, right, it has to go to the federal it's always the third circuit, but whatever, wherever the third circuit is from New York and the Eastern district of New York or wherever he got hit, it has to go there first. It has to, that's New York. So automatically it's going to get denied. Then it goes to the fifth. It's automatically going to get denied. Then it goes to the, to the seventh, which is the Supreme court. And then that's when they actually really look at it. Right. Lilo. I yeah. mean, they, they look at it, look at it. But if you're, so if you're in there that long, Let's just pretend again. Like I watched that show on Netflix, uh, Making a Murder. It was, I think it was, I think that's what it was. And yeah. the kid didn't do it, right? He was in prison for like ten fucking yeah. years. He went in as a seven, an eighteen year old and came out as a more than that. He came out like a thirty year old. And he talked about how he and struggled. they had the guy that did it. Yeah. He looked like him. And he he talked about how he struggled. He was he went in as an eighteen. He comes out as thirty. He goes, I don't know how to be a thirty year old in real life. Like I'm still an eighteen year old, but. Money doesn't mean shit, right? You can no. throw a fucking once four million in, dollars at, at once them. you're in. You're but there's in. nothing that they do. I mean, there's no rehabilitation that they pay for, right? If you seriously, if you need real rehabilitation because of that, you think it comes out of your pocket? They don't do shit. No, you're out on probation. If you fuck up, you go back. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I mean, I mean yeah. no, you go out. You, you're in there eight years. Well, you, you're talking more about the Here's rehabilitation life. of the trauma caused Correct. from being. I know, I know a guy personally who that happened to. You ever hear of a guy named Marty Tankleff in Long Island? I don't he, live he's in like Long an Island attorney now, and you know, I've 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 been on Zoom with him. We've spoken in colleges on Zoom and everything. And this guy was wrongfully convicted. He was he went away 18 years old for Shit. killing both of his parents. Yep. He did like seventeen years, it, and then to overturn a murder one, they that get, takes he got, long. He got like ten mil though. Yeah, but still, well, it's not seventeen years. years. That's, that's not worth seventeen dollars a year. Yeah, but they don't, okay. and, and then they just throw him out. He's you know? he's a brilliant dude, Marty. Marty Tankleff's what, no joke. What was insane when Trump Look, was? When Bill Cosby's conviction was overturned. Yeah, when uh when um uh, a friend of mine was in, when Trump was in, they were letting people out. They were, but they were he said they were just calling like. You know, Block B, Dion Smith, free to go. And he would be like, huh? Free to go? I've been in here 18 years. Because he, he, you know, he had gotten like the 10 to 1,000 on the crack law. But he had done 18 years. And you know what they gave him? A bus pass. <laughs> 18 years, no family, no nothing. Just go. My boy was like, yo, he was like crying. 
Because he, because he's like happy yeah, that, to be free, but you get a bus pass, and I think they gave him a check for like three hundred dollars or something. And he's like, "What do I do?" Fucked up. Yeah, and it was it? one after another, after another, after another. No rehabilitation, no nothing. You're just out, and now you have because they want you to yeah. be back in there. Of course. Yeah, that's called recidivism. It's called private prison. Yeah. Is what it's yeah. called recidivism. Yeah, you reoffend. It's crazy. You got to be a really strong, you know. You get locked up, they want you to come out, and they want you to be a productive member of society, they want you to work and do all these things, but the opportunities for people who are convicted of crimes are not, there's not as much opportunity. Once somebody hears you're, we're in prison, you know, then the stigma behind it, there's a lot of good people that go to jail, there's a lot of bad people that go to jail, but there's a lot of good ones that do get rehabilitated and come out and want to make something of themselves. But now, because of what it is, they're not going to get hired. And then eventually, they're going to say, shit, what the fuck? They can start selling drugs and start... Because they got to eat. They got to survive. And a perfect example... But then again, you can't blame somebody who owns a company or business to not want to hire somebody who was a convicted felon. Because this fucking person did this once. How do I know he's not going to do it when he's working for me? That's why when you're done with your time and you're done with your probation, everything should be gone. You paid your debt to society. Right, and that's right. far as I'm concerned, that was the sentence imposed. Correct. So anything further where you're fucking Nothing. with me, it shouldn't happen. I wasn't sentenced to 10 years incarceration, five post-release, you know, uh, post-release supervision, and a lifetime of breaking my fucking balls and bringing up shit that happened. I understand, you know, it's very serious. And Forget about the breaking the balls. How about a lifetime you can't live in a gated community because you have a family? You won't get approved by the board. You won't get this. No. It's like, yeah. You will not get a a high high level job unless you know somebody with a felony. If you don't know anybody, you're not going very very high up. If you have a felony, you got to know somebody. Would you right. agree with that? Right. And so you live with that for the rest of your life, even if that felony is a six month charge. Yeah, it's six months, but for the rest of your you're, life, yeah, you're like fucked. A, it's like a scarlet letter. It's just mm. it is and it's what ridiculous. it is. You know? And you know what, dude? They'll never change it, and it's sick. But they'll never change it because then when they come back, and they hit you for jaywalking, now you have a record. Now they can put you back in prison that's privately owned, that's getting paid, which yeah, the guys that are, should be illegal. Guys yeah. Doing it should be in there. Yeah, think about all those people. It's just like the guy that you did that was putting kids, uh, kids in jail, kids the Kids for, for cash. cash guy. He was a judge and he was putting kids in juvenile. Rob can explain it better than me, but they're doing the same thing in a different way with the yeah. private prisons because it's all money. The prison should never have gone private. And they keep building them, and they keep making them, and putting and people in jail so they could keep. Well, they got to fill keep them. the well, keep the yeah. yeah. So it's like Lilo, you decide to open a prison, you contact the FBOP or New York State. Hey guys, I have a prison open. You guys can use. Well, we want to fill that because you're giving the state. So then you got to convict people. There you go. And I know, and I know, like all, this, go, all this type of stuff makes national news, right? So it's hard to, like a jury, you're saying to not see it or get a, an opinion on something like you were talking about. But do you think, and then this would be hard, it'd be money involved, a lot of stuff, but if your case is in the Bronx, you said, right? I'm sure it was national, of course, because of who you are, and, and that's why. But if it was, let's just say you were Joe Blow, and you and, and that happened. Do you think that they should have people from out of state? Meaning, if it's in, if it's, and this is crazy, it'd be a lot of money, I guess, involved to get people there and do all that, but people in the Bronx know the story. They've seen it on their local news. They've seen all that type of stuff, right? The top story in the local news, blah, 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 blah. You cannot miss it. The newspaper, all this. But if you live in rural Pennsylvania and this happened in Bronx, those people don't have that opinion. They've never seen anything about this in their news. I Unless think, it's national with a right. celebrity or someone like that. I think federally because the feds have the money. Because when the feds come and get you, sure. they're taking millions and millions and millions. 
in that situation, it, the jurors should be flown in, Somebody from traveling, Nebraska, Idaho, or yeah. or they just change the jurisdiction and like. The, the person accused has to fly to Nebraska for court. Correct. Yeah, change now, of venue. Correct. Right, change of venue. But now in the federal system, it is hell to change the jurisdiction. Even if you, even if you can prove that they're biased against you, you have to have an extremely, extremely, extremely times a gazillion reason why it needs to move from New York to Florida or Pennsylvania to California. Because you can't get a fair trial. No, no, you can't. You can't. And the feds are 99. One, they they win everything. Yeah, they, they they're like ninety nine point. They don't really take cases that they can't win. No, and the reason they, why they, they take it, they're going to beat you. And yeah. they, like you said, they got so yeah. much money. How, you, you can't out lawyer people that got more money than you. No, you get this lawyer, they'll get that lawyer, and they'll just keep it. You got to really be like you know, you got to have big money. And what the and in the federal system, it takes so long. One, they're backed up, and two, a lot of times they they give ROR. Like for major charges, they give bail. Here, go ahead, pre-release. You're on probation, but you're out. Now, they wait that three years because they cross every T, dot every I, and they do it over and over and over, and they have this this group of people look at it. Tons of people. So now when you go into that court, if you don't take that fucking plea, you're done. Yeah, because when they do And now when you, you lose wait, trial? Yeah. Thinking, we we could have saved so much taxpaying. We could have saved so much money. You're done. With this whole bullshit show we just put on where we convicted you anyway, and you kind of knew that was going to happen. You wasted our time and our fucking money. Yeah. I'm going to throw the book at you twice. It's like that jerk off, right? He knows he's he knows he's guilty, but in his head, he can beat it. He could beat the F the feds, yeah. the top of the top of the food chain. They say, hey, look, bud. We really don't feel like going to trial. It's a pain in our ass. We have to sit in a room for two weeks and read all your shit over again. <laughs> take the five years. No, I want to go to trial, buddy. Take the five years. We're, we're going to kill. We're well, going to destroy. Right. That's his right. It is his right. As, as, a, as, a, as an American. But I'm saying he's a moron. Right. And the feds say, look, we have this, 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 and the lawyers sitting there going, oh shit, he's done. <laughs> and the kid says, no, screw your plea. Okay. Mm, Three years, and they wait. Three years later, you think that they just forgot about it. And if you don't get caught for something in those three years, because they're watching your every move, if you don't, and you go into it, trial, <laughs> when you're guilty, that five, it goes to 25. Am I right, Lilo? Yeah, no. And, and two five. And you do 80% of that but, two five. But you, well, well, they'll give, there's a particular sentencing guideline for every crime. So it's so like mine was a three and a half to 15. Not in trial, buddy. So, so yeah, yeah, no, I couldn't get, but maybe in the federal. Fence, yeah, yeah I couldn't get hit with more than 15. So I knew it was not going to be more than 15. You know what I'm saying? But for, but they hit me on the higher end. Yeah. They, they can they can but do an upward what? departure. The bottom line was they I got I just, at trial I did better than if I would have took a plea. Cash app. Go to cash.app. Cash app. The easiest way to send money, spend money, save money, and buy cryptocurrency. Cash app believes in providing everyone with access to important financial services so they can fully participate in the economy. Sign up today for Cash App. Use the code MSCS. Additionally, once signed up, create an invite code. When a friend uses the invite code and sends $5 or more from a newly created Cash App account, another bonus will arrive within 14 days. That's cash.app or download the app and sign up. Cash App. My plea was 15 years. 15, if, they, if it was like, you know, say eight, I would have took it. 15? I'm not giving you 15. But you had a monster lawyer, though. Yeah, too. but you know what I had better than a monster lawyer? I had monster facts in my case, and I had me. 
who was there and saw what happened and am able to articulate and explain what happened in a very logical way that makes sense. And I think that was a big asset as well. See, I, I'm not giving you 15. You got to yeah. come and get it. See, and, for and me, it, it would depend on my lawyer because if the lawyer doesn't present the facts right, just like an Amber, what, what's her last name? I was heard. Like, like an Amber Heard. I mean, her lawyer, her lawyer asked a question and then, um, what's, uh, sustain, what's the thing when you fight it? Abs uh, oh, sustain. sustain. Like, like, no. like, like I said, like, Object. Obj yeah. objection, your honor, sustained. Yeah. He objected his own question. Her lawyer objected his own question. Really? To Johnny. Yeah. Really? <laughs> right now. I'm going to show you this. So now it happened, I think yesterday or today. So she's on the stand and she's saying in the papers, all the press and everything, that when they divorced, Johnny gave her $7.5 and she donated it all. Okay? So now she gets cross-examined. Just just watch a little bit. You're going to fucking die. Hit, play this, Rob. She gets buried. You settled your divorce from Mr. Depp in August of 2016, right? That sounds right. And in connection with that settlement, you received $7 million from Mr. Depp. True? That's correct. 6.8, exactly. Your settlement amount was $7 million. That's correct. And then you released a statement in which you claimed you would be donating the entire $7 million to charity, right? That's correct. You Watch stated it. you would be donating half of the $7 million to the ACLU. That's correct. And you would be donating the other half to Children's Hospital of Los Angeles. That is correct. And you also stated, with respect to the $7 million divorce settlement, that money played no role except for the extent that you could donate the money to charity. Yes, that's correct. She's you could please pull up Plaintiff's Exhibit 1259. You could fast forward a little bit, Robin. They start drawing. Maybe fast. They go like two minutes ahead. You got to see. <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. Play it there. He could do that was fine with me, but he would need to pay the adjusted amount. Ultimately, the rest of the $7 million divorce settlement was paid directly to you, right? Over time, yes. And Mr. Depp didn't end up paying the rest of the $7 million divorce settlement directly to the charities you identified. That is correct. He paid the installments to me. You stopped that from happening, didn't you? I don't understand what your question is. I'm watch sorry. This, you stopped this. Mr. Depp from paying the charities that you had named directly. That is incorrect. I said, if you want to pay the charities directly, pay the adjusted amount or pay as per our agreement in the settlement or in the divorce as per our agreement. You also probably chose to do the former, not the latter. I mean, the other way around. Is she high? You also publicly stated that the she $7 that million bulk, dollar divorce time. settlement yeah, she should be paid to the hand. charities immediately in full, right? If he wanted to pay it in the way that he was suggesting, yes. And, and you said publicly that the payments to the charities should not be drawn out over many years, right? I said that I don't I don't recall the exact words that I used, but basically that he shouldn't use this as an, a novel interest in getting a tax break, that if he wanted to do that and not pay me the settlement, that was fine. But he would have to pay the adjusted amount and not make it, you know, a, a commitment he would not fulfill or try to avoid in some other way. And that's because you wanted the entire world to think that you were donating every penny of a seven million dollar divorce settlement as soon as he received it Not good for you, from Mr. Honey. Depp, isn't that right? 
no, I was going to be receiving it in installments and I would be paying in installments the donations. In fact, you released a statement in response to Mr. Depp's $100,000 donations to the ACLU and CHLA, didn't you? I don't recall. Let's see if we can refresh your recollection. Please pull up. <laughs> Isn't that great say, Let's see if we can refresh your memory. Fast forward to like five minutes when they really, because did you see that when she did that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's definitely on that part, no, she, right? She pushed down on one. Admitted. And you could see her going. She wasn't blown out. She was, she was, she was pulling. Yeah, get it to about 10. Yeah, right about there. Two six zero in evidence over objection. Thank you, Your Honor. Now, how would she get that in the courtroom? Statement reads, Amber Heard appreciates Johnny Depp's novel interest in supporting two of her favorite charities, the ACLU, American Civil Liberties Union, for domestic violence. You think violence, her memory got refreshed? And the Children's Hospital of Los <laughs> This is great and unexpected news. And it continues. However, if Johnny wishes to change the settlement agreement, we must insist that he honor the full amount by donating $14 million to charity, which, after accounting for his tax deduction, is equal to his $7 million payment obligation to Amber. Huh. And it continues. Fast forward another five minutes. We would also insist that the now, full Lilo, amount... Why wouldn't now, her lawyers have to know that this is going to come up because she said she donated the money. She never did. She pledged. She said she was going to pledge it. Never did. Now, her lawyers have to be in a cave to think that Johnny's lawyers are not going to bury her. On this. Yeah. So why keep going? Uh, Rob, why would they not uh, prep her over this to, to dodge out of this? Or you think they just gave up and said she's dead? Play it there. Los Angeles, correct? I have not yet. Johnny sued me. So as of today, right here, watch this. You have not donated, paid seven million dollars of your divorce settlement to charity, right? I have not been able to fulfill those uh, those uh, obligations yet. And that's because you did want something, didn't you? I didn't want anything, and I didn't get anything. You wanted Mr. Depp's money. Didn't get it. Wasn't interested in it. I loved Johnny. That's why I was with him. You wanted praise for donating the money, right? That's incorrect. You wanted good press. In general, one <laughs> does want good press, yes. That's fair. You wanted to see that's fair. That's fair. publicly. Wasn't my interest. Um, my interest is uh, in my name and clearing my name. And at the time, I was being called a liar and my motives were being questioned. I did see it as important to clear that up. I wanted to make a statement to make sure that there was not any doubt that I couldn't be labeled these things just because Johnny was a bigger star and had more publicity reach. You wanted to remind everyone of your claims of domestic violence against Mr. Depp, right? No, I wanted to move on with my life. You wanted to make those claims seem believable. They are believable. They you were wanted believable. them to be seen. You wanted to be seen, excuse me, as a noble victim of domestic violence. I have you? never, never wanted to be seen as a victim. Nor have you, I ever called myself one. Oh, you dummy. You testified under oath that, quote, the entirety of your divorce settlement was donated to charity, end quote, didn't you? Lila watch. That's correct. I pledged the entirety. Oh. Oh. No. <laughs> Ms. Heard, my questions. You Your counsel will have time to redirect you after. You testified under oath 
quote, the entirety of your divorce settlement was donated to charity, end quote. That is correct. I pledged the entirety. I'm going to move to strike everything after yes. Uh, all right. She, she keeps dodging with the pledge shit, you see? It's hurt. This is really inappropriate. I'll sustain the objection and we'll just move forward. Thank you. Let's move forward. Next question. Tried to get her out of it, didn't work. Under oath, that statement wasn't true, was it, Ms. Heard? I'm sorry, I don't follow your question. Sorry. <laughs> what do you mean? You testified under oath, quote, the entirety of my divorce settlement was donated to charity, end quote. That statement wasn't true. It is true. I pledged the entirety to charity. Look at this one. Look at the this. statement. When you say you buy a house, you don't pay Ms. for Heard, the entire house Ms. Heard, at one time. You pay it I'm over not asking, time. Ms. Hurd. All right, next question, please. Thank you. <laughs> that statement isn't true today, as you sit here today, is it? It is true. I pledged the entirety. But you didn't charity. donate it. Unfortunately. You didn't donate it. It's a yes or no. I haven't been able to obligate, I mean, to fulfill those So that's a no, right, Ms. Hurd? I, am, I made the pledge. I want to be very clear. I pledged the entirety. I haven't been able to fulfill those pledges because I've been sued. You had all of the $7 million for 13 months before Mr. Depp sued you, and you chose oh, not to pay it to That was a Mike Tyson right. You pledged. That was a Mike Tyson right. Is that I, correct, Mr. I disagree with your characterization of that. Let's look at your sworn testimony from the UK. Oh, that's good, Rob. Yeah, that's the, the point. I mean, so she pledged it. She never donated it. She pledged it. She didn't fulfill her obligation. Well, what she did was she went and said that he that she took all the money from Johnny and pledged, you know, donated it. Yeah, I'm it. this great person, blah, blah, blah. But she never donated a penny. Yeah. She had the money 13 months she before got the she was press through. behind it, though. That's all she wanted. If right. I can get the press without actually the action, good, yeah. that's even better. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't lose the money, but I got the press. That's what I want. It's like calling those things. Now, she's she's very... Uh... But when you're going into uh, court for $50 million, you better be prepared that this is going to come up. You know what I mean? She's done for. You got the makeup that her lawyers came up. They said, oh, yeah, Johnny hit me, and I had to use this makeup. They found out that the makeup wasn't even made at the time. The makeup company comes out and says, oh. no, 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 no. We we weren't even available at the time she was referring to. We didn't to. even make that product. Dead. Yeah. Now this just kills her. Yeah. I mean, yeah. she's done for. Johnny's probably thinking, what am I going to do with this? Well, she, money? you know, like <laughs> she's showing her character right there. That's an extension of who she is. Yeah. And she just, the bottom line is you pledged it, but you didn't donate it. Yes or no. You got to be, you know, this is like, no, it's that simple. People don't want to hear that. Right. If she would have just, am I right or wrong? If she would have just said no, right? And the jury says, okay, she said no. And then what? what is Johnny's lawyers going to do? They have to move on. You can't keep burying her. No. Unlike Johnny, who goes on stand People and leaves it People may have felt out. bad. People may have felt bad and say, you know, this girl's in a tough spot. You know what I mean? Who knows? But 13 months. You've had that money. I could say, I, I thought I was going to say 13 days. <laughs> no, 13, 13 months. Months. That's over a year. Yeah. You had the money and not one dollar <laughs> of where you said it was going to go touched there. <laughs> yeah. You're a liar. Yeah. You're a lying sack of shit. And, and then, you did that for the press. That's right? it. And that's fine, but not when you run up against this, right? Oh. You know what I mean? I and like then, Johnny Depp, too. I have, I feel so bad. That uh, this, I love him. This poor guy is going through all this. You know, he really is. Uh, you think he'll get the Pirates of Caribbeans back? No. No. no, no, they took him out. He's, I think that's, he's done. But that movie's dead without him. Well, you know, let's see. 
let's see. It remains to be seen if they can, you know, revive this franchise without him and still make the same numbers. Yeah. Then you'll never see him again. What are the odds of that? But though? but but if if it doesn't, it's like when they took who was it? Was it the was it Vin Diesel when he wasn't in one of the one of Fast the ah uh, Fast and Furious? Yeah, I think there was one of them that he wasn't in or something, yeah, and it really affected back. the bottom yeah, he line. Came back then, yeah, yeah. So. If the bottom line is affected in a very big way, they'll bring him back. If, you know, like if they're seeing on all these different forums and everywhere, we want Johnny back, we want Johnny back. And the people that put up the money, like, fuck, we took a hit on this one. We were, we're last year when we came, like, by this amount of time when we released the last one he was in, we made this much money. We made $73 million less. I think we got to get Johnny back. So do you think they'll, they'll put out one without him? See how it does. And if it tanks, then they're like, hey, uh, Mr. Depp, uh, how are you doing over there? Right. Well, it, for, one, for a few reasons. You know, you got to you gotta keep it going just to keep it fresh in people's memories and minds. Because, like, you're kind of keeping them on ice. Mm-hmm. And it's going to do one of two things. You're going to be able to see whether or not this franchise can live and succeed without him. And worst case scenario, it doesn't survive without him by the time we go to make the next one so much time is going to pass that this is going to be a distant memory they're not going to give a shit about that as much you know what i mean because now it's on tv every day so it's like you can't really get away from it well lilo how about this one as a production company think about this you put one out it does okay half of what it normally does now the next one you bring him back and you promote it Promote it, promote it. Oh, now, air, fuck. it will fucking break records to the moon. You, you never know. It could be a strategy, too. That's it what I mean. It could be a strategy. They it may could be using be. this, because I don't think this guy did anything wrong. Me neither. This guy didn't do anything wrong, Johnny Depp. I mean, I, I've never heard one not, person say anything bad about listen, it, other than he I'm likes not to saying it's cool to, you know, smack the shit out of your wife. I've never done that. My, f- I don't think he ever did. As far as get, I know, he didn't. I guarantee you, anybody, what you cannot get one girl out there that says, I've ever put my hands on her. Ever. I've never I've never forced anyone. Get one person right now to say I did. One. It's never happened. I don't think he did. My father never put my hands on my mother. I've never been around that. This guy, the only thing I think he's guilty of is he had a substance abuse problem. That's all I but think that, he's but, but you know what? At the end of the day, it doesn't make him less. He's got a problem. You don't know what he's dealing with. Yeah. What do you think? Because he's got all these movies. He's happy. You don't know what this guy, you don't know the cross he carries. Well, they don't, don't have one is. fact that he did anything. No, he's, he's he's got about 20. Yeah, he's a substance abuser. That's it. Get him get him rehab. And he stood in touch. And with. he's a fucking awesome actor. Yeah. You know the balls this guy's got? He never plays safe. He plays all these different roles. He played roles. Donnie Brasco. He played Black Mass. Edward Scissorhands, Sweeney Todd, Alice in Wonderland. The fucking guy's the, one of the best ever. Ever. He's one of the best ever. Now, I love Johnny Depp. Now, that's got to play with your head, too. Yo, you know, Ed, Edward Scissorhands to yeah. Black Mass. Wow, you want to talk Mass. about that. I'm going to see first. with the steak. He goes, yeah. he goes I got to pick up. He goes, I got a bone to pick with I'll tell you, he's up there with DiCaprio. What the fuck did you marinate this steak in? Uh, he's up there with DiCaprio. I think he's just as good in a different way. That's what I mean. You can't. Yeah. Comp- yeah, one's a pear and one's a, one's a, one's, a, one's a, an orange. You can't compare. Right, just they're in bo- skill. They're both fruits, but you know, I think uh, I can't say who's really better. Um, I mean, they're both on the, on relatively equal levels. Yeah. Um, I respect both of them immensely. I mean, I love both of them. I think they're both great actors, and I can't really say who's better. But I will say about this guy, he's so, I mean, the roles like 
he takes roles that nobody else would take. Like Pirates of the Caribbean, he was perfect for Captain yeah. Jack Sparrow. It was almost like that role well, was probably was written for him. He made that franchise what it is. How about the window one? And, and when he was in that weird oh, window the house, one? In the house. Yeah. In the house. Yeah. Did you see that one? Window. Yeah, it was cool. It's called Window. No, I didn't see it. Oh, it was good. Oh, uh, yeah. He, he's... Uh, Blow. Blow was awesome. Blow. Yeah, I forgot he was even in that. Blow yeah. was awesome. Wow. Man, he's played a lot of yeah, roles. Johnny Holy Johnny sh- Cash app. Go to cash.app. Cash app. The easiest way to send money, spend money, save money, and buy cryptocurrency. Cash App believes in providing everyone with access to important financial services so they can fully participate in the economy. Sign up today for Cash App. Use the code MSCS. Additionally, once signed up, create an invite code. When a friend uses the invite code and sends $5 or more from a newly created Cash App account, another bonus will arrive within 14 days. That's cash.app or download the app and sign up. Cash App. Yes, man, Johnny Depp's the man. I would have loved to work with you. You ever cross paths with him? Meet him? No. I'd love to work. In with the him. future, maybe. And really, that'd, that'd be cool. He's awesome. Great guy. He's a great actor. I hope he gets his life together. Um, you know, it just goes to show, like, you know, how important having a good woman in your life is. Yeah. Because that could make or break you. You need the. They always say you need a queen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If you want to be a king, you need a queen. Yeah. Or else you'll you're going gonna... past times. Every king had a queen. And, you know, it's it's very unfortunate that this unfolded the way it did. And uh, that this guy who, I mean, I wasn't there. And like I said, I'm not saying it's okay. If she did get, you know, beat up like she claims and all that, then I'm not cool with that. And then I would have a problem with him. But I just don't think he did that. She's she's lying. She's a, she's, she's they established she's a liar. She, she's right. Lying. If, you, if you're lying about a dumb donation. She, yeah. What else are you lying? You're lying about everything. And why? And I just I can't. Can you put it in your head? I mean, this is a 50 million dollar case. God knows how the lawyers might have done a pro bono just for the attention. I, I'm pretty sure he paid, Johnny paid for those lawyers because those guys are monsters. <laughs> but, you know, can you wrap your head around why her lawyers wouldn't, like, Just take you know, think of something? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's already been killed left and right, left and right. You know, I got to say, maybe the lawyers did suggest. And she, just and she was just probably like, line. fuck it. No, I want to take this stand, and that's what yeah. I'm going to do. Like, I'm Amber. Well, yeah. what was it? She was good in the movie. In that, in that one movie, she played a... Uh, uh, it was like ice something. It wasn't bad. Either, she, she's either that or maybe, you know, sad as I say this, but like maybe the culture that we're in now, um, they just thought this is this. It'll sway everybody this way because the culture we live in now with certain things that happen, um, you know, toward a woman that they might have her back before Johnny's. Yeah. Well, I mean, this would be the first time I think man. ever. Oh, you mean with like all oh, like Me Too and. Yeah. That, yeah. That me that? Too shit. But I, but if he wins, me this would be tricky the thing, first you know? time a man ever won this. It's, it's it's very unfair for men, like with this whole Me Too movement. I know there's a lot of guys that then you know, especially a lot of powerful men, that got away with a lot of things. But you know that's not always the case because even something, even an accusation, the people who make these accusations got to remember, they may have a son one day. You know what I mean? They have one right then and there. Lilo, explain to me Me Too. I, I've heard 7,000 different meanings of what the hell Me Too is. What, what is this Me Too? Do you even know? I don't even know Do you where, know where it comes from. Yeah, it's just cancel culture stuff almost. Me Too means cancel yeah, no, culture? No, no, it's not the same. But it's grouped in with like 
different things like that. Yeah, it's not, you know, like uh, a mere accusation can ruin somebody's I, life. Especially like Just this. because one person didn't feel good about what happened, so now they kind of want to, like, justify to themselves and ease Revenge the blow. Well, yeah, you know what I'm saying? And then say this person did this. And, then, and it's like, whether he did, you know, say he didn't, and now his life is ruined. Whatever contracts he had, his job is now gone, just on a mere accusation. Even when it's proven that it didn't happen, you're still not going to get that job back. But it's sick because we live in a culture where everybody fucks up somewhere. Some worse than others, right? We know that. Everybody fucks up. But people are so quick to just bury that person mm-hmm. and be done and bury him and put the dirt on him, that's it and not say that'll you know come what? around though and not say you know what you taught forgiveness right in certain cases I get it there's murders and things you, it's hard to forgive people for that but there's no forgiveness or hey you can make a difference you can change the world because of a mistake that you made but they just want to bury people and now can the, he that's the sad part and that's, that's what sad. they do now, can he come back from this? Like, uh, who was in um, uh, I think the, he can. the greatest show, one of the greatest shows I've ever watched on Netflix, uh, Hearts of Cards. Oh, David, or Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey. Like, he's done. He House, can never come House back. of Cards. House of Cards. Bill O'Reilly, done. He can never come yeah, but, back. But, you know, but what, can Dev come back? Kevin Spacey was, like, touching little kids, right? Yeah, Wasn't it? Yeah, yeah can, you come back from that. Yeah. You're a sick fuck. Come on, I don't give a fuck, you Kevin Spacey. You're a sick fuck. You were wired in a way. If that really happened, if I was the parents of the video, I'd give him a beating. Like, seriously. But he never went to court. That's my fucking kid. But Spacey never even went to court. Well, whatever. He, you know, but this guy, I think he can come back. I think that after hearing all this shit, he's the victim. He's the victim, and people are going to feel bad. And I think in time, people, I don't think anybody hates this guy because of what happened. If you're somebody that hates him based on this, you're a fucking idiot. Okay? I think he, he I, didn't I do think... anything, and that girl's lied so many times. She's a liar. If, 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 you, if you're right, you don't have to lie about anything. Like in my case, when I got on the stand, there was no lying. I told the truth. You can't prove something that didn't happen. I don't. I just and I think Johnny like sometimes he giggles and he seems like such a lighthearted good guy. Yeah, like, what he the was, fuck? Yeah, he like, was laughing did, at our lawyers. Yeah, I but mean, it's you like, could not. But it's like how the fuck did this happen to me? Yeah, you know, I think I think uh, I think it's gonna take a little time. Like time, you said, yeah. time heals all wounds. I think the the next Pirates of the Caribbean doesn't do as well. Time passes. Johnny's back. Yep, yep. And I think he's got more support now than he did before he went in. Because you know what it is? This whole thing humanized him. Yep. And, and before he was like that good looking movie star. Right. And then they would show the crazy band shit. And now they talk, you know, they know that this guy had but, shit on his but, bed. But people always like a tragedy. The fall of the, what is it called? The, uh, the fall of the, the, the hero, the character. The fall, of, the fall from grace. So fall from and then grace. the comeback. But they like that. But some people too like it the other way. Where in, in let's say for your instance. They just loved to see it. That was like it made their day. Like, that this, you, that this you guy, fucked up. Oh, this is awesome. This is so sick. It's sick is what it is. Yeah, because those people have been hurt. And they're hurt, so they want to hurt you. Hurt people hurt people. People that are not hurting have no reason to hurt the other person. Correct. That's the bottom line. If you're hurt, you want to hurt. That's it. Because I know when I'm hurt, I sometimes hurt. And I got to work on that shit myself. Every, yeah. And I do these videos because sometimes I need to hear it more than the people that are listening to them. But you know what I mean? Hurt people hurt people. When you're a scumbag like that and you want to see bad things happen to people, 
you're a scumbag, and somewhere along the line, somebody back. hurts you. Yeah, and this back. is why, until you come, you, you're at peace with yourself and you let it go, when you forgive, it's for you, it's not for them. Because then you would be, give the benefit of the doubt. And this life, life is not about hurting each other. God didn't put us here to hurt each other. And he made everybody different so we could learn from each other. Imagine if we were all the same. Everybody's here for a reason. Asian people, black yeah. people, white people, everybody's, because we learn from each other, different cultures, it's all- Pull up uh, Cosby, I wanna, in relation. Now, do you think, now I, I know there was, uh, you know, his legal team, but they, it's done, done, done. Do, do you think that Cosby should be, that case should be tossed for good, or do you think he should be doing a Could retrial? you go up a little bit? I want to see why. Well, no, you go down. I want to show you something. Go down. Oh, this isn't. No, but I just want to see why they why the justice the court his conviction or that? When he agreed to testify, when invoking his Fifth Amendment right, Rob, can you read yeah. uh, why it was overturned? Why did the court toss his conviction? The split court found that Cosby was unfairly prosecuted because the previous district attorney had promised the comedian once known as America's dad that he wouldn't be charged over Constan's accusations. Cosby was charged by another prosecutor who claimed he wasn't bound by that agreement. The court said that's not the case. The justice found that Cosby relied on that promise when he agreed to testify without invoking his Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination in a lawsuit brought against him by Constan. The court concluded that prosecutor who later brought the charges was obligated to stick to the non-prosecution agreement, yeah. so the conviction cannot stand. The justice wrote that denying the defendant the benefit of that decision is an affront to the fundamental fairness, particularly when it results in a criminal prosecution that was foregone for more than a decade. Yep. I mean... So he got offered a, uh, you know... It's a technicality. It's a technicality. Yeah. It's the bottom yeah. line. You promised this guy something, one prosecutor, mm -hmm. and then another prosecutor comes, comes on. So now that promise doesn't because that person may, but it's still the same case. I'm still the same defendant. So as far as I'm concerned, I'm going by what they said and I'm going along with this. So you know what? That was under false pretense and they they, they should have overturned yeah. it. Do I think he did it? I think a million, a million. percent he did it. Yeah. Because he did it. Because I saw one time the cover of the paper, <laughs> it said... And it has Cosby's picture. He said, and then it had like ninety women. He, she said, she said, she said, she said, she said. He said, she said. He definitely did it. But with all the all these cases, these women said the same exact thing. That was his mo. This is what he was doing. So, but I mean, at that time, like, how much do you think that was going on? I guarantee you, quite a bit. What's his name? Harvey Weinstein's calling Cosby every name in the book from in there. Oh, I'm sure he that is. Motherfucker, how did they uh, COVID turn and, that? Uh, right? You know, you know Weinstein, Weinstein is an interesting case to me. Not saying whatever happened was right. But now, if you're a young actor woman and you want this big movie role, I don't care what you say or anybody says. I give it a 50% chance. If somebody's going to go to be in Bronx Tale with Robert De Niro, and Weinstein's the way to get the movie. And Weinstein says, hey, blow me. I'll put you in the movie. How many women do you think are going to blow him? A lot. Okay. I would say nine out of ten. But then 20 years later, you want to come back and say, oh, he made me blow him for the movie. I'm not sticking up for the guy. That guy's a mess. But I'm just saying, I don't think that that's uncommon. Yeah, but yeah, no, no, that's not uncommon. But Weinstein had like buttons in his office, like as soon as the person yeah, locked the yeah, door yeah. and like crazy shit. Right, I, I'm just saying in general. Weinstein's a, he's a fucking psychopathic 
nutcase. I just mean he made some great films. Though, he did, but, yeah. he did. But a lot of psychos make great, yeah, yeah. great films, you know. But you know, in other situations where you don't have buttons and fucking doormen and yeah, yeah. you know, pushed up lights, yeah. you know, I'm sure it's all the time. Even now, yeah, I, I don't no. see how it wouldn't be. No, I mean, listen, you know, even myself, and I'm not even close, close to you know the level of fame that some of these people have reached. But, you know, I, I got a little something. I got a little taste of it. And uh, I could see how, you know, how that was. You know what I mean? Where it gets to your head, where you, like, almost feel. But I never did that. I never said to a girl, ever. On set, I'm always the most well-behaved. I don't look at women like, oh, I want to fuck this girl because she's in a movie. She's got her ass out on the... No, I don't give... She's 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 working. I'm working. Let's work, and then you know what I mean. But say you're John Smith twenty years ago, and you have girls coming in that want to do the do the play, and they're hitting on you. They're coming to you. They're making moves on you, kissing you because they're thinking, "Wow, you know, if I make the move, wear a V neck, I get the thing." And they be able to sway him into giving me a role, or persuade him into like giving so, me a part. So now a girl starts coming into you. Now Lilo starts to get bigger. Come out with these films bigger, bigger. You're not Bronx Tale, Lilo. You're like Scorsese type level, not Scorsese level, but close to there, right? You're, so now you're there. You got the ego. Everybody's Lilo, Lilo, Lilo. Girls are hitting on you left and right anytime you want, wherever. And now you get a little bit older, but this is common because for 10, 15 years, any girl that walks in is trying to hit fuck you so that they can get the movie role. So now later on, that's just what you're accustomed to. I don't mean Weinstein because Weinstein's just a different level. I just think it's common, normal. I but, just but think what, it happens. But what I always wonder what happens to, you know, and it does happen. What happens to the guy that gets accused? And I use the word accused. I really use the word accused. Gets accused. And then later comes out that the girl was lying. Nothing seems like it ever happens to the accuser. But that guy's Never. life is ruined because he was accused. So every time someone sees him, Oh, he did that with this person. He did that, even though he never did it, and the lit girl came out later. Or a guy. We can go the opposite way. It could happen the other way, too. No, of course. Why is it never the accuser that they falsely should, they does should it? They should face shelter they for that. They should. Right? Because they just took, because time, it's like, they took listen, a life away from this, somebody. If you're going to say this, you better be fucking right, because there's a lot on the line here. This guy's reputation. This guy's got a family. This guy's got people that love and care about him. This guy's been around a long time. Are you sure this is what happened? Because it leads to divorce, everything. You yeah. lose kids, you lose... You lose yeah. everything. So, so why, is lose it, everything. why is it fair to take the three years from the guy you accused, family too. but not from the person that took the three years from you? I always wondered that. Never, nothing will ever change, but... Like Weinstein know. and Cosby, we can agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah because yeah, we yeah, live yeah. in a society right now, everything's just like, it's, it's a bunch of bullshit. This is the worst I've ever seen. After talking to you yesterday, since I couldn't get an answer from some other people, what do you think about inflation? You're a smart dude. You're a lot smarter than people think. Uh, you know, with the inflation, I mean, listen, it all comes down to the gas prices because now I'm spending more money in gas. I'm spending less movies going, uh, money going to the movies, less money going there. So now, even with the movies and stuff, like because less people are going there, everything's going to be inflated now because it's like, how the hell are we going to, we going to, you know what I mean? We got to survive. I think that uh, I think it's just a really horrible time that we live in, and I think that uh, you know the pandemic really took a toll, really took a toll, and I don't know how long it's going to take before. I mean, listen, it's just not the. I don't think I don't I don't really give a shit, but and I'm not you know I'm not Republican Democrat you know, 
But Joe Biden is not a good president. You're like me. You're for what's best. Right. Just I'm because I had best. Roger Stone on, Stone on and uh, Republicans on, I'm Clinton, just for what's Bill best. Clinton, I thought he was an awesome president. I did too. I remember Gas was. I mean, I don't know what he was. I don't know what stupid deals he was making because I was too young at the time. I didn't realize he made the dumbest deal on the fucking planet. But I do know I went and got gas and it was eighty nine cents. I do know everybody had jobs. I do know shit was smooth. The deals he was making that would affect America later. Really, 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 really bad. But when he was in, they they didn't take a hit. You know what I mean? During that time, that's probably was... why he got gas down eighty nine cents because whatever deal he made, he figured, shit, I'll be long gone. Well, I'll be gone. Yeah, by the time yeah. they feel the effects They're of this shit, think I'm God. And when you know the country's destroyed in twenty years because of my decisions and signs, everything happens. I think that uh, you know, and now it's summer, so the gas is not going down; it's going to go up. Especially next week. Wait till next week when you got the uh, when Memorial Day weekend. Well, you know, it's yeah, I, I think, too, that it's it's going to almost I, I think we're going to be stuck, not stuck. I think this is the new norm. I as think far as what? I, I, gas prices, I think they're going to I'm not saying they're going to they're going to keep going up, but we're not going to go ever back down to two dollars. Well, I, I don't think ever. They want to make everything ever. electric, but they this, can't. This, it's this, impossible. This may be pushing everybody away from gas to electric. You know it's what I mean? Possible. Oh, yeah, it's, it's not possible. But th- There's not enough batteries to make them. Even even if they did, they cut gas right now today. There isn't enough battery to make. We don't have it on Earth. There isn't enough. No, I believe you it. You know, it's an, it's impossible. Something's gonna give. It, Something's gotta give. It, but this is like, you know. Do you think? Do you see a crash like a like a 2008 type of crash, or do you see like a crash crash coming? I've never seen anything. I've never seen money being been just thrown around like uh, we were talking yesterday. I mean, the guy wants to give however many billions or millions to make Wi-Fi capped at thirty dollars for everybody in America. Who cares about the border? Who cares about inflation? Who cares about Russia? You know, playing with nukes. Yeah. Oh, hey guys, thirty dollars for fucking Wi-Fi. Let's just spend another ten billion to add to the seventeen well, trillion then, I've already spent. And then the only people that suffer, honest to God, are the either the you know I don't know if there's a middle class anymore. I don't really think but there is. They are the poor? They're the only. I mean, they you know they, not even the poor, but the middle class they suffer. I mean, if there is still is a middle class, they're the ones that suffer. Always. The rich can afford it no matter what, and if you're you know. Yeah, the rich that 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 the, that little difference. If it's a bigger, di- yeah, it's, you know the the, the the you know the. The less you have, the more of a difference it makes. Yeah. But at that level, they don't feel that difference. You're paying four or six dollars a gallon of gas. Who gives a fuck? Yeah, you I got a hundred fifty thousand dollar car, two hundred thousand dollar car. You think I give a shit yeah, about this? And you got forty million in the bank, twenty yeah. million, ten. Fuck it. You're just like ah, a couple years is going to be a little rough. People, what do I care? But other people that have like you know kids to feed or they're sick, yeah. they have they, they have yeah. to pick. Do I feed my family night? Do I take my medication? Do I fill up my gas tank to go to work? Well, so. I think it's their way of trying to make it where basically communism or socialism, either or, where you have the rich or the rich that government's the government and then you have the poor but what they don't realize is if you try to make everybody equal which is what they're trying to do i said this before i make it quick they did a study with rats where you gave them whatever they wanted all the food they wanted all the sex they wanted everything and they're very close to you and i genetically and brain wise and everything else you know what they did they killed each other they gave everybody everything everything they wanted they killed each other this rat wanted to be clean this rat you know, wanted to have sex. This rat was just pissed off all the time. This one was the victim, but there was no progression without 
what, what's the saying? There's no progression without something. Like without conflict, without chaos, yeah. there's no progression. No. So when you don't give them everything, whoever fights the best and tries the hardest gets the food. Then you have progression. When you give everybody everything they want, you make everybody equal, there's no progression. Because you, you know, you're dependent on the government, we're all equal, nothing nothing is invented. Right. You can give me And what happened in this there's, study, there's, they there's, all there's, killed themselves. There's no motivation to progress. Every single one of those. If I'm being motivated by it, if I'm if I'm being motivated by a paycheck every day, I'm going to want to be better because I know I got to earn that paycheck. But if I'm given a certain amount as everyone else, it's like it's like almost when you're in prison, you don't got to worry about your clothes, you don't got to worry about nothing. It's going to be there. It's going to be there. Right. And how, and what what type of and nothing progresses and nothing progresses and, and people invented. want to kill each other just like you said. Right. And that's what happened with the 500 rats. All 500 rats dead. They they all killed each other. You know Joseph Stalin. Remember he was a it was a mm -hmm. Russian leader. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Joseph Stalin. He taught how easy it is to govern stupid people, and he used the chicken <laughs> as an example. You know what he did? Mm. He stripped the chicken of all his feathers. He had nothing, no feathers. Literally demoralized them. Stripped. Embarrassed them. the shit out of them. Right? right. Every now and then he gave him a little a little worthless treat, some grain. <laughs> and because it because of that worthless little fucking treat, regardless of what he did to him, that little chicken still followed him around. Just for that grain. That's like a stimulus check. Yeah. That's a perfect example. You and know? That's what they're doing. If you look at if you take yourself out of it and you look at what they're doing, that's what they're doing. Where everybody's equal. And it will be the end. You know, I mean, listen. 200 years, this, this place is over. I opinion. mean, I think we should all be treated equal because we are all equal in one sense. Sure. We're all, you know, we're born with the heart. With Couldn't agree with you Breathing more. and stuff like that. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think like there's something has to be said, you know, something has to be said for hard work. Yeah. Like, you know, the harder the work, the more, you, the harder you work, the, the more successful you become. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. If I work more than you... And I and I'm you know I've I I've sacrificed and I have more discipline to where when you were doing all this shit having a good fucking time I was home studying. Yep. Isn't and that now, a, isn't that and now because of that now because of that I'm more successful than you. Well, I think, Why the fuck should you be well, the same as America. me when I worked harder than you to Everybody. be where I am? Because like like they always say like no like sense. like professional players you know they'll, they'll they'll say a lot. Hey, when I was in college, you know my boys were going out partying every night. No, I stayed home and watched tape. And those are the guys that made it to the NFL, the MLB, whatever it may be. The guys party and they played some college football and went on to do whatever they do. But they, everybody wants, you know, instant gratification, right? They don't want to work hard. I, you know, when I started in TV, I got paid shit. I could have probably got more working at McDonald's than when I was getting paid in television. And you go up the ladder, you work your way up and go to a bigger station, a bigger station and move on from there. But... <laughs> Some people get lucky too. Some people, there's there's abnormal, you know, whatever you want to call the abnormalities to everything. Like, there may be some athletes that go go out and drink every fucking night and party every night Jordan. and go out and go out and Jordan. forty. Michael Jordan, but not Jordan everybody could do that. But there's always an abnormality. Some guys get lucky. You talk about golden spoon in their mouth all the time. It happens. Whatever that happens. But you got to work. Yeah, but hard your luck to get will work. run out. Though. Correct. If you're living like that, Correct. drugging and drinking, and your luck's gonna run out. Correct. That shit don't last forever. No. You know. But you were wrong. Brady came back. <sighs> I I had it. I had to get uh, Yeah, but but you but, said he wasn't gonna. Uh, but your, but listen, your money was when he wasn't gonna. And you thought if he did, he was gonna go to New England. No, I didn't say that. Mm -hmm. I didn't think, Brady's listen. He went back with Tampa Bay because Tampa Bay has a good line. 
Without an offensive line, Brady's not even close to what he is. Oh, of course. The Giants proved that, you know? Uh, I mean, it's hard to say he's not the best. We went through this already. <laughs> it's really hard not to say he, you know, but I think, I don't know, I think Dan Marino could have been just as good, if not better, than Brady because he did a lot more with less. And he did it when the before the rules were changed. Yeah, the rules are all come on, bro. Brady threw forty eight. I mean, Brady threw fifty touchdowns with the new rule changes. Marino threw forty eight before when the league was real football. It wasn't two hand touch like that. Yeah, they throw it, a flag. It like two hand. Yeah, touch they now. throw a flag. For I don't every, even watch it really. Yeah, anymore. they throw a flag for every bullshit. You know what I mean? Marino, those guys. Elway. Think about Elway. Yeah, Elway's... Elway didn't need a line. He comes out of the pocket. You know what I mean? And I think he's himself. the most underrated quarterback. I take that back. I said last time, uh, Peyton. Manning? No, Elway. I think he's the most underrated quarterback. He took a lot of hits and was a beast. Yeah, no, I think Peyton Manning's a very good quarterback. Absolutely. I don't think he's great. I think he's a choker. I, I think... He choked yeah, in the it, Super Bowl against Seattle. He think, choked in the Super Bowl against the the, the, the think, New Orleans Saints. You know, he's a choker. You know who everyone forgets about, too? And I'll, I'll, I'm going to see if you can guess who it is. Pretty, probably pretty easy when I give you the clues. Four Super Bowls. Oh, Terry Bradshaw. No, no, no. Four oh. straight Super Bowls. Was it straight? No. Correct me straight. if I'm wrong. Four Joe Super Montana. Bowls lost four times. Oh, Brady. I mean, uh, the, the, the Jim Kelly. Jim Kelly. Jim Kelly. I, I never won it. Kelly. Four Super Bowls? I would have went fucking... I would have... Four. He, I mean, uh, he had Thurman Thomas. He had some good defenses there, but... Andre four, Reed. Andre, Andre Reed. Reed. Bennett. Remember Bruce Andre Smith. Reed? Yeah. Wow. Bruce four Smith. Super Bowls. That's hard to get to four. Yeah. We didn't win. Don't get me wrong. Jim Kelly's an know, underrated quarterback. I look it up. Yeah, Google that. Did did they get um, Brock back? Tampa? Did he sign yet with Brady? Uh Gronkowski. Yeah, Gronk. I always fuck. Yeah, uh, I don't. Know. I, I know he was. I know. I know who represents him. I know him very well. Henry Penzi. Yeah, he's a good friend of mine. He represents Gronk. So he's come back. Yeah, he's gonna come back. I mean, if Brady comes back, I mean, look, he went to Tampa Bay because Brady was the. Yeah, he'll go back. I don't know how. I don't. He's got to be in a lot of pain. He's had a. Brady lot of almost won that game. Did you see that comeback last year? Ran out of time. I know. He's still good. He's just like, come on, listen. You're not going to win them all. I could see Brady come back and win again next year. You think so? Yeah. Who do you look, think will be in the Super Bowl next year? Can't you think? Uh, man, that's tough. To, I don't know if the Rams will do it again, but it's yeah. unbelievable what Matthew Stafford did. Yeah. With a good team, huh? Yeah. And yeah, the Bengals. All those years. And the Bengals. I didn't think the Bengals were going to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah, no, Joe's uh, Joe's no joke. No, he's no joke. No, no, the Bengals. Yeah. Are, the Bengals are. You know, they they they're going to be good for years well, to come. Here, here. Whoever picked them in the beginning of the season, and if they bet, they want a lot here's, of money. Here's, okay, here's, here we here's go. Jim Kelly's downfall, though. Here we go. In his four uh, super in his four Super Bowls, Kelly completed eighty-one uh, of one forty-five for eight hundred twenty yards, two touchdowns. Seven yeah, he interceptions. Throws the picks. That's, that's so, a choker I mean, to me. Uh, but still, four Super Bowls. Like that's hard to do. And, but then it does says his eighty-one completions are the fifth fifth most in Super Bowl history, behind Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Kurt Warner, and Joe Montana. I mean, you know, Kurt Warner's a hell of a story, huh? Yeah. What was he working at? Bagging like, groceries. Uh, bagging groceries, and then wins the Super Bowl, and then wins the Super Bowl. Fucking good for him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, six. So that's... yeah, Kurt Warner. They made a movie about him. Yeah, didn't they? yeah, they, they did. should. I mean, the yeah, guy no, was they bagging groceries yeah, and wins a Super Bowl. One thing about him, man. One thing about him. He was all like, he, you remember, he had to work for his town. No, but I'm saying he always hit his receiver, his receivers in stride. Yep. He was yep. always as they were running. He had remember what they had though. He had what was called the greatest show on turf. 
Well, I, in you my were, opinion, he made it the greatest show on turf. Well, you he got was, Mar- Marshall he wasn't Falk. Afraid to get hit. Marshall Falk was an all-purpose back. He catch passes, run. Hazakim, Tory Holt, Isaac I, Bruce. Yeah, Isaac Bruce. That was called the best show on turf. You know, I, and, I forgot about a Holt. Okay, Holt was a huge yeah. part. Of okay, that. so now this is when Bra- Brady. That was the first. Te- that was his first Super Bowl. Yeah, they lost. Okay, that the odds were stacked. The, 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 yeah. New England was not supposed to win that. That was all Bill Belichick. This is why he's the great coach. He knew. He knew. This team, they're going to catch passes. They're going to make plays. That's what they do. That's what they do. Like You know what I'm saying? Okay. So now, every time they make that play, I want you to punish them for making that play. Those defensive backs were hitting so hard that game. They were killing those receivers. Remember that one. To the point where, you know what, the receivers were afraid to catch the ball. And you know what? That's how Belichick beat him. He intimidated him with his guys, his defensive backs. It's football. That's the way I beat you. And you know what? Tom Brady did what he had to do, and and and, and he's been doing it since. That was like, what, 2000 or something? Yeah, that was the year that he's doing it 20 fucking Eagles went to four straight. <laughs> now, this is straight. Four straight. Straight. NFC Championship yep. games. Four straight. Oh, the uh, Eagles. Yeah. Fuck. If McNabb, man, oh, just think, if they got to those Super Bowls, I'm not saying they would have won them, but if, you, if, you remember one, if you, McNabb could have won two, three Super Bowls. Even one. Four straight. Even one. Even four one. Straight. Think about Marino. Even one would have. But you remember that one year. I don't gamble. I'm not a gambler. But I usually like I used to go out to LA beginning of the year for like pilot season and everything, and I was out there for the Super Bowl, and I got friends out there. They gamble and stuff. I only gamble on the playoffs. I like this. I'm, not, I'm, I'm like I, I put it this way: I squeeze a quarter to the Eagle screams. I'm so cheap, but <laughs> but uh, you know, but during the you know like little little few dollars, nothing crazy. And uh, remember when they lost to the Carolina Panthers? Ah, fuck. Okay. And remember, Carolina's defense was ranked number two in the league that year. That was their claim to fame. So I bet, I bet Carolina, right? And I also bet that Donovan McNabb would sustain a, 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 a substantial injury in the game. Do you remember they broke his rib that game? They hit him hard, took him out of the game. The guy took the bet. I said, I also want to bet this. Because I know that's their biggest weapon. Second best defense in football. That's what they... It's like it's like if your eye's busted, I'm going to keep punching it. I know that's where it is. I know that's... You know what I mean? And I'm going to keep coming for it. And they kept coming for him. And they bust him up. Jake DeLome was the quarterback of the Panthers. Jake DeLome. Jake DeLome. Yeah, you remember oh, yeah. how the Patriots won that game? Mm, how they won it? Yeah. Vinatieri. Vinatieri. Oh, Vinatieri yeah. hit the field goal. How money was that guy? Why did they get rid of him? Then he was on the Colts, right? Yeah, for years. I think he just retired this past yeah. year. That, that, I think he has the most. The most points ever. He has the most points. Why has, the hell would you clutch. get rid of him? He's, a, he's as clutch as they get. He must have had a reason to get rid of him, right? Yeah, who knows? I Maybe mean, There's got to be something. You got to be like, you know what it is? A lot of times these guys are like locker room cancers. That's what I mean. Maybe you know he was that? just not good for the locker room yeah, and you got to let him go, you know? Like like Terrell Owens wasn't, but he was a hell of a receiver. Still remember playing, that? he's still playing in that league. He, he looks good. Yo, do you remember that he one year? Looks good. He, he was so good. Yo, the Patriots. So he had a broken leg. Yeah, and he still had almost, over 108 almost, yards. Almost. And I, I I know he whined a lot, but how can you call a guy a baby that played through 
a lot of injuries. You know, he was injured in that Super Bowl. Yeah, he broke had a broken leg. leg, and he played like his leg was. He even... broke it like three weeks earlier, and he played. And he fu- and he got over a fucking hundred yards. Yeah, no, oh, you gotta respect that monster. Gotta respect... Absolutely, come on, bro. A lot of these guys don't want to go back in the game after they get a little injury. Who's... You know, who's the biggest bitch in football. Cutler, remember the, the oh yeah. Remember it was like it was like yeah. no 2009, 2010 was the Can't playoffs. Remember he one. didn't want to come back in the game. What a bitch! Yep. You know what? I would have got rid of him right then and there. You're not playing He's, in the fucking NFL. This wife. is about this is a rough game, bro. Okay, and you got to no. You're and not, you're getting paid, but yeah. and people came to see you. You're not you're not doing this shit for free. Come and you know on, people bro. came Hell to see yeah. you. Yeah. I want to show you something quick because I want to get your take on it, and then I'll let you get out of it. Rob, pull up the cave thing that you found. Rob found something really cool I think will interest you. Yeah? Yeah, it's, it's, it's fucking mind-blowing. Some of this shit that they're finding, like full towns under ocean, they have full towns they found under ocean. Full towns. Really? Yeah. See, here it is. This was... Pull this up I, a little bit, I heard bit, about this today. Oh, let me uh, open it up a little bit. Yeah, they... In, uh, in the ocean, they're starting to do deeper exploration. And they, they have found, literally, there's roads. The camera can see now. There's roads, there's kings, there's castles under the ocean. We know less about the ocean than space. So really? Yeah, this, seriously. This was interesting. It's really interesting. I read today. Chinese cave explorers discovered a 630-foot... Oh, wow. What are we doing here? Uh, yeah. Advertisement. Oh, no, no. We This thing's uh, lagged right now. Hold on one second. That's big. You guys can read that, right? That's yeah, 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 yeah. For everybody watching this, I... I containing a massive ancient forest. So, as we scroll down... Can you imagine and just like the Look whole... Look at this. Now, that existed. This is, no, this is at the bottom of the sinkhole. This is what is down there. Wow. This looks like the movie The Ring. And it's, it's, it's the Chinese version, the ring. <laughs> and it says, cave explorers found a massive ancient forest hidden inside a giant sinkhole in China's... Yeah, okay, let me hear. Let uh, me hear the word. Uh, Go ahead. Guangxi region. <laughs> I was waiting. <laughs> seen who My was mouth was quiet. Yo, he was reading all fat. <laughs> nope. The sinkhole measured over 1,000 feet in length and was nearly 630 feet deep. Zhang, a senior engineer with the Institute of Karst Geology at the Chinese Academy of Geology, told the outlet this month, the explorers repelled down more than 328 feet into the sinkhole before trekking for several hours to reach the bottom. At the sinkhole floor, they find a primeval, uh, primeval, primeval forest with ancient trees, 130 feet tall. Wow. Uh, yeah, plants are against you. So imagine, I wonder what like type That's of so stuff crazy. down there, like uh, is there you know, rats or different type of creatures we don't yeah, know because, about? Or... Well, because you're so, so, so much lower than sea level yeah. that maybe like, you know how you like, yeah, you know, like when you go up in the sky, your ears pop and your whole, you know, maybe something opposite may happen that way yeah. to where certain creatures and certain wildlife would not be able to exist there just because it's so, and you the, know what I mean? And I wonder what the light even, I mean, it's, you probably have some light, right? But I wonder how the light, it might have creatures that only live in this dark. Yeah, there's, there's probably maybe, tons of shit down right, there. Right, or maybe because there's not much light, they're equipped where the first people down there where they had to train themselves to be able to see with that, you know, low light or that lack of light to where that it was, it became innate. And you know what I mean? They, 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 uh, they inherited, they, you know, yeah. just, just from doing it, it became an innate right. ability. The body naturally adapted to its to environment. So the eye might've been it. over here where yeah. the right. fucking so sun now, comes yeah. in, you know? So now these, this, this wiring to be able to do these certain things is now in me. And this other person, so now when I have offspring, now this person's able to do that. And then I think with every with every, you know, new 
uh, I think it, generation, I, mean, I think it's going to yeah. get better and better. Well, just like, and, and they're finding all kind because now they have the technology. Why? I think, and I really think they're releasing this now to throw off the news because, you know, you never heard about UFOs before on the news. You never heard about stuff like this. So it's almost like they're pulling things that they would never let the, as, the society as know. As a diversion. As a diversion. Yeah. Because they just found, um, they call it a short-faced bear. And on that, it's a bear, and its arms are only to here. They just found it. They say it's fucking 400 million years old, and it's part of the dog family. They they put it in with the dogs. Canine. Right. So, of course, you know, a lot of scientists don't want to... Um, a lot of scientists don't want to accept it, but now they're saying that there's bears that then, you know, evolved eventually to wolves to dog. So look at that. Can you blow that picture up? Yeah. That they they found the fossil or the fo you know the bones. That right there. Yeah, and that was that's one of them. But there's another one that has got little tiny ass uh, hands. Oh, oh, oh. Keep keep scrolling down. Like they just found that one. Keep going. You fly through these just to see. But it, it's just the point of that was is that uh, you know they're finding all these creatures now that they've already known about, but they're releasing it now. And there's just so much we don't know. You know, make you realize how small you are. Yeah, think about if you go out into these other planets, what it would exist. I don't think they're there for no reason. There, there's something. There's got to be something there. Well, they. Pull up that uh, the Milky Way I, one. I mean, listen, I've seen UFOs. I don't give a shit. I've right seen there. them. Here you go. Read, read this, Rob, because you're the best reader. Just takes a second. We're lagging here today. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Milky Way may be home to other Earth-like planets with oceans, continents. From Copenhagen, Denmark. New discoveries reveal the Milky Way might be swarming with planets containing oceans and continents like on Earth. Data suggests all planets in our galaxy once contained water during formation that could point to the exact locations of other life forms outside of the solar system. The previous assumption was that planets like Earth get their water by chance if a large ice asteroid hits. Now research from the University of Copenhagen reveals data to show Earth actually grew by capturing masses of pebbles filled with ice and carbon, which are known to orbit around all young stars in the galaxy. So basically they're saying that they they are seeing Earth-like planets in the Milky Way, That's like the one that you can look up and see sometimes. Yeah, yeah. That there's Earth-like before they thought it was at the Z galaxy, which is like light years and light yeah, years yeah, away. Yeah. But now they're seeing it in the fucking Milky Way, Earth-like planets orbiting around a star, aka the sun. Amazing, you know. Yeah, I believe it. I mean, I think maybe the first few planets, Mercury. You know what I mean? Because you're still somewhat close enough to the sun. To be able to be like us, mm -hmm. to be able to, I think, further away you go. I don't know if, you know, that, I think with each planet further away, I think it becomes less possible. Yeah, well, I mean, it's I mean, Mars definitely had a life at one time and then got hit with a uh, fucking asteroid or rock or whatever the hell and moved out of the way. I just always wonder what's on the bottom of the ocean. That's uh, they're, they're there. They, if you just go, when you go home, just Google it. They, now they're coming out. You can watch a documentary where there's live footage of a camera where there's in roads, houses, still there, uh, painting. How, how far down is that, do they say? Uh, we can't. No, but no human well, at this point can get down. Yeah, we can't get down. Uh, how far are the cameras going? Thousands I don't know. of feet? Thousands? A gazillion. Thousands. A number that I can't even how, say. How, <laughs> how far do you think that goes down, though? I don't know. I, I really don't know. I mean, it, it's uncomprehendable, you know.
Well, they just mentioned it, so I think, like, you know, within the next six months, I think we'll know a lot more. I think they're going to get further into this. All that stuff. Yeah. So you got you got your movie out, Made in Mexico. You get that on Amazon Prime, Apple, Sleepyhead, Man on Fire. Probably Xbox, gonna... Voodoo. It's got a couple. Um, yeah. Um, Sleepyhead, we're, we're in post-production. It's being edited. We shot some additional footage last week that we're going to, you know, throw into the cut um, and then we got I'm on Fire which is a short film it's not a feature it's like 28 minutes long with Meadow yeah but I think that's awesome because there's less competition it's really really well done I mean it's like top level um, so that and uh, you know like I just want to pick and choose the right things I don't want to I mean listen I like I said I love playing Italian role you know this and that but it's just got to be tasteful something different than I've done before because I just don't want to do that I just don't want to keep doing that it's not challenging it's not fun um, and I know later on in my life as an actor, I just think it's going to hurt me. So, you know, therefore that's, you know, that's why I want to do, you know, movies like this, regardless if it costs $5, it's still something where I can, you know, showcase my talent as an actor and my versatility. I mean, I recited Shakespeare in the rain when I was a kid <laughs> and Renaissance, man, I don't want to be known as a simple minded Italian guy from New York. Like I went to school, I majored in business, like I'm educated, like I want people to see this. I'm actually pretty funny too. And they, they, you know, I never really get cast in these type. but this is what I, if I don't get the roles, I'll create them. You know, that's the beautiful thing. It does, you know, you can make a movie for a couple of hundred thousand. It doesn't need nine, you know, I mean, 150, I've known movies that are 150 million that suck. And then you get ones that didn't cost a lot that win Academy Awards. I know. So, and then you look them up and you're like, wow. Yeah. For me, it's not about what I'm going to post. Like, oh, look at my new movie. It's, for me, it's about being f- fulfilled. Like, dude, man, this is all oh, like, wow. I, like, this is scary that I got I'm to, back. Oh, no, no. But not even that this is scary that I got to play this character. <laughs> oh, my God. I, 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 can I speak like that? Can I speak like a cowboy? You know what I mean? So now it's like a challenge. Now it's like, you know, you go online, you listen to different cowboy accents and where cowboys, where they were most prominent and what states and different. So now it's just like a whole thing, the culture of a cowboy. What does a cowboy do? What motivates him to go, yeah, you know what I mean? What's the motivation? Where does it come from? Because then when you know the motivation, you act it the right way. It's like all this stuff is intriguing, but to go to a set and throw on polyester. <laughs> My name is Tony Giovanelli over. <laughs> you can I, only do that so much. I, you know what I mean? I ain't, I ain't giving up until you get on the phone and get a Bronx Tale too. You well, got to call Chad. We should try Bronx to get Chad. You know what I mean? You know what would be awesome? We try to get him on the show and talk about our differences, which I think, you know... Eh, He'd probably need to be paid a million dollars for that. <laughs> if you told him I wasn't here, he'd do it for, you know. But if you told him, oh, that kid. But, I mean, we, we uh, you know, Michael Franchese uh, interviewed me. And, you know, I told him about what happened with Chaz and I. And then Chaz, he had Chaz on the show. And then he he said, you know, he confronted him about it. And Chaz was like, yeah, he does got great parents. Because I said, why would this guy say all this negative stuff about me? Going out of his way to hurt me. You, nobody asked you this. You intentionally... You volunteered this information. You went out of your way to hurt me. When you know my parents, my mother used to make you your meatballs that you liked. The pasta, my father. These people used to drive and have trays of food just so you guys could eat and appreciate what you're doing for me. Off the strength of that alone, I met Chaz's parents. I met his father. He was a great guy, Lorenzo. If something happened to Chaz, just on the strength that I knew Lorenzo was a beautiful guy, I would never, ever say anything about his son because I know it's going to affect him. You know what I mean? Yeah. You respect the dog for his owner. That's the way it goes. I'm not saying Chaz is a dog, but there's a saying. 
You respect you. Re- you should have respected me for my parents. Respect the kid for what your parents did for right. him. Is what you're and, saying. And yeah. that, you know, like, how do you find a guy like that credible? How do people look at somebody like that and say, "Well, oh, that was cool that he said that. I think he's such a nice guy." When you were the one that partially gave me my op- the opportunity of a lifetime. And now by doing this, yeah, the movie was about wasted talent and all this and that. And I understand that. But as far as I'm concerned, the only thing I was guilty of was doing drugs. He has kids. You never know what's going to happen with them. Nobody thinks it'll happen to their kids. I'm not saying I wish that on them. Nobody knows what, you know, like this drug addiction thing. It can happen to anyone's kid. You should never. like if I What was, did he actually say? Well, he says, I don't want anybody to think I have anything to do with this kid. I want nothing to do with him. Like, out of his way. My father said, Lilo, this is a guy. He's your friend. What is this? This is a thing. My father, my uncles, because this was when I first came home. And we saw this. We're sitting down because everybody was at my house for like the first week that I came home. I was away for eight years. So basically because you messed up, he washed his hands of you. Yeah. You don't do that. You don't do that. You don't. My dad did that to me. My dad did that to me. Yeah. Yeah, and that sucks. That's bullshit. But you know, you don't do that because Fuck. you you never know. You never know what's you know what's gonna happen. But you know, like you know, he was nice in the you know what he said, the few words and this and that. And uh, I mean, like I forgive what he said. You know what I mean? But at the same time, just don't say it again. There's no need for it. You know what I mean? I respect you. I respect everything he's accomplished. I respect the fact that he was able to take a story from his own life. And make it this successful with a musical, with that the one man show. Perfect. Well, see, he got three things yeah. out of it. He got a movie, a musical, and and a one man show, and all three. The Broadway's very good. Yeah, but all three were very successful. Yeah, and no, he, he's very. Chaz is the one that made that happen. Mm-hmm. But, he couldn't. Have, he couldn't have played a better role. I don't know if he would have been better. able to do it without De Niro, but Chaz's resilience because they offered him money to not play Sonny, but to get the movie, to get the script. No. He wanted to play Sonny. So. It, it, it would have sucked without him. Yeah. I, you know, it just lined up perfect. Yeah, no, no, he was perfect. Now, Man on Fire is a short film, right? I'm on fire. <clears throat> I'm on fire. I keep saying Man on Fire. I'm on fire. Movie. Yeah, I know. I keep messing up. I apologize. Being that it's a short film, if it knocks shit out, out of the water, can then that turn into a full-length film? Yeah, I'm Does sure. that happen often when, when they're really good? I've I don't never, know shit about I've never film. really seen that happen, mm-hmm. but... If there's a demand for it and people love it so much that I think even better, I think maybe it could even be a series. Series. That's what you want. Yeah, a series. Oh. Yeah. You know, a series on one of these streaming platforms. Yep. That That's what it is nowadays. Really, anyway. Because right? people are afraid. The movie theaters, you know, people are afraid to go to the movies. And they're getting killed. And now they're talking about another COVID surge. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, that's where I live in Westchester County. They said there was like 646 yeah. new cases as go. of, you know, three, four days ago. So 646 cases, that's what they know. But, you know, do we know that's what they know? Is that an accurate number? Who or, the hell knows? We don't know. Yeah. But then again, it could be understated and it could be triple that. Because those are the ones you know that have been tested. What about all the ones that got it from the ones that we know? And then before you know, we'll be wearing masks in and the middle all of summer. Again, oh, right? don't start. Yeah, but it, 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 will, it will be right around. Well, the, if they time it right, February maybe, March, they, it comes out. Then by June, you have a mask on again and the whole shit. And then the election is November and then you have to mail it in or whatever it is. And you have another no. four years of this shit. Yeah. I know, I know we're getting finishing up here, but I said one more thing. I know we're talking about Bronx Tale, we always go back to that, right? But 
You said it's the 30-year anniversary yes. coming up? 30-year. Do you think they'll do anything special? You know, you see those where they have the reunion. Yeah, I mean, I could, I could see it being re-released, you know, digitally mastered re-release. I could see some kind of party. I could see some kind of, you know. I think they had a 25th anniversary, and Chad, they didn't invite me, Chaz. How do you, it's like not inviting Stallone to the Rocky anniversary. But if he, if, he, if he reached out, would you... And the movie's about a gangster, a criminal, a guy killing people. It's like... If if he did reach out, let's say for the thirtieth, and I'll be there. I'll definitely be there. Put the and differences aside. Of whatever course, happened. I like Chaz. Yeah, we used to have so much fun together. You know how much I laughed with him. He's a ball break. He's got a great sense of humor. Me, him, and, you know, we when we used to see like pretty girls on the set, we would go beep 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 beep. So then we would all look. Oh no, this year. And this is just... De Niro too. Yeah, yeah. De Niro's ah, a cool dude too. Yeah. De Niro's like very like he's introverted. He's not outgoing where he's gonna. But when he knows you and he's comfortable, he's another one. He likes to break balls. He laughs and you know like I me. Mean, but then you know like then again he's Robert De Niro. He doesn't want to. I mean that guy's a living legend. Yeah. There's not too many that made it to that level. There's actors and then there's <laughs> then there's that elite few that are you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And he's one of those. So. I mean, he's not just some ordinary guy walking down the street. That's like, not even Brad Pitt is even close to what De Niro is. And I love Brad Pitt. He's an awesome actor. You know, he's just I just good actor. You know, movie star. Brad big- Pitt De- to me, Brad Pitt is way bigger than De Niro. To me, nah. To me, nah. to me. Nah. But I- that's just my opinion. I don't know if it could. I don't know if that's an opinion because think about it. De Niro's been around for so much longer. He's won a cat. Well, he won too, Brad Pitt. But De Niro's just. I don't know. He's like on this level. Pitt is on this level. I think even Pitt will say that. Because De Niro's... I mean, there's something to be said to being able to survive and remain successful in this business for that long. I wasn't able to do it. I wasn't able to do it. You're young. I know, but I fucked up. I made bad decisions. You're coming back. There's contacts that I could have kept. You know, in the next couple years, everything will be back the way it was. The way it is, is like, if I don't get hired certain roles, I I like to write and I like to, because I know the characters that I want to play. I know what I have in my skill set. I know my strengths, my weaknesses, my opportunities, and my threats. And I know something where I would be able to play that would be a challenge, but I still know I can do it. So this is the type of stuff that I want to write. Because like I said, maybe this is somebody tell like some bigger force saying, listen, because a lot of the studio stuff, that's what they cast me as. When I get auditions, it's always as an Italian cop or an Italian this. and It's like, come on. And it's like, if that's all, I don't, you know, it's like for the paycheck, I'm going to have the discipline. I'm not going to sell out. I don't care about that. I want to be a real actor and that I'm going to stick to my goals. Well, and you're proving you can do it. You got yeah. three completely different diverse right. movies that have- no connection to any of the ones right. you've done in the past. Right. And and maybe Renaissance Man. And that's that's what I want to. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? But, but one last thing I'm going to say, and this is it. Chaz, put the differences aside, right? If there's a 30th anniversary, have him there. Think about a Bronx Tale too, because I'm telling you, that just, movie, just for the people. That movie trans. The Bronx Tale we talked about is transcend. My kids are 12 and 15, yeah, and they. And that's. I'm not lying to you because you're sitting here. One of their favorite movies. How does that happen? His kids are Trans- 12. Chan- yeah. Transcendent time. So now if another one could be made for the f- the next generation, that one's still going to live on. I'm not saying it's not. But you adapt with the culture. What's going on in the culture? Now, make another one. And if not, when you die, 
someone will buy those rights from your family <laughs> and make a second. Yeah, keep Bronx it living tale. within if you. If they did that, then oh, you know the way to do it because then you make everybody happy. They need to make it like The Godfather too. Remember when they went back to Sicily, then back to present day. Yeah. Back. Okay, so they got to go back to why, where Sonny and Joe Pesci became. You know, like what, how they were, because Joe Pesci respected him. And at the end, I'm taking over things. So he had to be close to something. You yeah. got to show why. And you want to show why that guy got killed in the street that day. Because I said, was it really over a parking space? Mm-hmm. And yeah. she goes, no, no, no. He goes, no. You see Lorenzo's kid, the bus driver, right? I already want to watch the fucking movie again. See Lorenzo. You know? But if they go back and forth, they go back to Sonny in the streets and this and that, and then they come present day. With what C's doing now, then back to that, back to that would be awesome. I think I thought know. Godfather Two was the best. I like one because I like everybody it. loves the one. I think that people need to comment in this thread and and say we want a Bronx Tale Two and get it on social media and get it done. You know that was my <laughs> He had they had this thing made a dentist. I heard. Then they put like cotton in his throat or yeah, something in the world all the time. He said, "I'm watching the show now, The Offer," and he says, "What about when they first go meet Brando? They didn't cast him yet." And he says, what about if the Don was shot in the throat? And you know what? I got to be honest with you, though. As great as the movie was, and I know people are going to say, Marlon, Robert De Niro would have never turned into Marlon Brando. Okay? They, they one, Brando wasn't going to do that. The, Al, the producer, Al Ruddy, said, here comes Anthony Quinn. And in a way, Anthony Quinn, I think, could have been better. Because Anthony Quinn, remember in the Gotti movie, he spoke with an accent? Mm-hmm. And would have come here today with the two zips. And you would go. He, he had a chance at that role? Yeah. And he picked Brando? Yeah, because here's the thing. Robert De Niro spoke broken English. Like my dad, a Sicilian immigrant, mm-hmm. speaking broken English. My dad, to the day he died, had an accent. That doesn't go, go away. away yeah. Marlon Brando spoke perfect English. But he was so good that you can't... He was fucking awesome. Just like the way he took his time when he was talking to all the bosses. Yes, my friends in politics. But if they knew my business went from gambling and prost... And I don't know, when they said... Uh, yeah, maybe when they, one, might, uh, one and two are tied. When they best. said... When they said... Anthony Quinn. I said, huh. Yeah, but I, then but then Robert De Niro wouldn't have been able to play the young Vito. Right, right. No, he wouldn't have been. He wouldn't have been able to. You know? No, I, and that would have killed it. I'm, yeah. I, uh, yeah. So, all right, man. Well, thank you for coming in. Appreciate it. Thank See you, brother. You soon. Thank you. I know you got to pee to death. Yeah. Oh. Get out of here. <laughs> oh, Go pee. Me? He said he's got to pee. <laughs> thank you, and thank you, everybody watching. I really appreciate it. Thank you so you much. You got it. I'll see you, you soon, little I love, I love coming on the show, man. Thank you, guys, always. It's always a great time. Camera quick. We'll get the thumbnail oh, yeah. right there. Oh, I'm sorry about that. No, 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 okay, no. You're good. You don't need to pull that off. No, just look into that, um, that one right there. Look at it. Yeah, yep. and smile if you want. Cheese. four, three, Cheese. two, one. Good. And then do you want him to say something, did you say? No, I... MSCS Media is now part of the Spotify exclusive team. If you'd like to watch this episode and others, uncensored and uncut, click on the link in the description below.